The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GoRuck. GoRuck designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, including footwear, apparel, and rucks. Oh, a backpack. Like a backpack, if backpacks were made to last under the toughest conditions in the world. Mm. Everything they make is backed by their Scars Lifetime Guarantee and is tested and proven over and over and over again at GoRuck's events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GoRuck brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GoRuck link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and event registration that you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. I'm here. My mouth is here. My body is here. But my brain and my heart are in Boca Chica right now. So, so we'll, Boca Chica. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Elon's doing his first big Starship presentation in like two years down in Boca Chica as as we speak. But, uh, you know, as much as I, I love SpaceX, I love you guys more. And by you guys, I want to be very clear that I, I mean the listeners. We uh, so I understood I, that. Yep. So I know what Boca Chica is, but for the listeners. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it means a whale's... Uh, no, Boca Chica's, <laughs> Boca Chica's way down Whoa. way down on the southern tip of, uh, of Texas. Just, uh, just shy of the Mexican border, actually, right outside. It's a little ways outside of Brownsville, Texas, which most people have heard of Brownsville. But uh, it's where SpaceX has been working on their giant Starship rocket. I actually, just before we... I killed the audio so that we could do this. I was listening to Elon talk because they hadn't officially uh, published the um, uh, like the cargo to orbit, the weight to orbit that it was capable of. One hundred and fifty tons, one one Starship rocket can take to orbit. So, with three launches, with three three launches of full payload, the Starship could exceed all previous payloads launched to orbit combined on all rockets ever previously in three launches. I mean, it's. You, it's really tough to wrap your mind around how big, and it's fully reusable. So booster and orbital vehicle fully reusable. So it's really tough to wrap your mind around not just how big the, the actual rocket is, but it, it is a it is how a, big is it? It's a, it's a big <laughs> deal, both uh, figuratively and literally. So that's cool. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't want to take away from how impressive that is, but I do want to just throw out there. It was really hard for me to have the restraint to not throw a your mom joke in there. <laughs> I think everybody just fills it, fills it in, in their own head at this point. <laughs> I think they all know, but this is clearly, if you, if you haven't already figured it out, this is a solid seven podcast. We are a better than average podcast. Just barely. Yes. We are not a podcast about nothing. Barely. This isn't Seinfeld, but we also are not a podcast about any one, any one thing. thing. Each week we get together, talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us, and we invite you to join us. And way more often than not, we invite a guest to come along. And once again, we have done that for you. And welcome back to the show, Ad- Adam. <laughs> Sergeant. Adam. <laughs> Sergeant Adam. Yeah, you uh, hey. got a recent promotion there, bud. I did, yeah. I just picked up at the beginning of the month. So are you like in charge of us now? I'm in charge of everyone, everything. Yeah. That's cool. No, that's yeah. a big deal. Can Congrats, I have a raise, boss? I represent the nation. And no, you can't. Hmm. Can I have time <laughs> off? 
Can I get a bigger desk? Uh, I'm going to defer all of these questions to Kale, who's your immediate supervisor as of now. Oh, can, that's just terrible. Can, <laughs> can you at least cancel the mask mandates? Can we at least ride planes like normal people now? Uh, I'm going to also defer that question to... Me, me, me. Uh, pick me. Some, somebody else. So basically, Sarge, the, Sarge this, I'd like to... This promotion meant nothing. That's what we've discovered here. This evening. <laughs> I like that you're wearing an Orlando, Florida hoodie as much crap as you talk about my beloved state. Yeah, it was a nice hoodie. You know, yeah, I, well, it was, it was, <laughs> I was cold in the airport and I needed a hoodie. So, <laughs> so you spent at least $64 on that hoodie. Yeah. The, well, that was a down payment, you know? <laughs> but I can afford it now with my sergeant money. So, hey, <laughs> hey so uh, no, yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, I'm pretty fortunate to have picked up so early. I've, I've only been in for three years and I came in as a, as a E1, just a private, you know, fuzzy. And, uh, so to promote that quickly is it's, you know, it's, it's doable obviously, but it's, it's, you know, it takes a lot of work. So I feel pretty blessed and fortunate that I'm at where I'm at. And uh, you have a degree. Yeah. Excited. Or no, you have a college degree? No. no. Okay. No, I went to, I went to culinary school, well, the, but I didn't get a, like a, a degree. I got a well, that negates my follow on question. So, <laughs> but, uh. So, what was your What was your follow? Uh, well, I was going to ask why you went enlisted because I thought you had a degree, so I, I wondered why you went mm. non com. But there you go. Yeah, yeah. Now we know. That's all right. The E fives and E fives and E sixes run the military, anyways, and we all know it. <laughs> That's right. Backbone of the army, right there. Yeah. So very cool. Well, hey, in that case, uh, I will raise my Jocko go to you this evening, sir. Cause it is about that time. Mm. So. All right. Cheers to Jocko uh, Go. I just got a Jar- just got go. a, a fresh resupply yesterday. So Dude, I'm still on my original order. Uh that I ordered, you know, however many weeks ago that was. I still have like four or five left. Really? Yeah, I haven't because work's just been like really busy the last several weeks. Like and so like I have them in my little Xbox fridge, like I my plan was, but like I usually grab one after lunch, but I just I don't make it back to my office for a good amount of time. And by the time I remember to go get one, it's like four o'clock, and I'm like, I don't need, I don't need one now. And mm-hmm. then and then there we are. See, this seems like a case for consuming more of them, not less of them. Make it actually make a, this hard bargain. This there. sounds like a case for consuming more and putting them on like your employer's dime. Like swipe the old work card. Yeah, you just got that promotion too, Josh. Hey, boom, 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 boom. So, look at us, but, look at us. Kale, you got a promotion in the works? Let's just get a trifecta promotion going. Uh, right now. Yeah, everybody's promoting. Just no, say you are. Just, no, I've just got, say it. Uh, no, no ambition. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've stagnated. So that's why I'm. That's why I'm here. So, well, but that's, uh, honestly, that's why I joined the army because I stagnated too early and I was like, I, I need something. Let me start fresh. <laughs> I I debated on joining you after you went. I was like, because you and our friend Dylan, who is also an Xbox buddy, um, he he joined with you, and I was like, maybe I should join since they're all joining. Yeah, but we'll see what yeah. happens here first. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, are we, st- are we still waiting to see what happens? <laughs> what stage of this are we in? Uh, I think I isn't it like I can't join now if I even if I wanted right. I'm I'm thirty. Yeah. No, you can. No, yeah, you could. You can. You can. I know the cutoff was twenty nine or something. Nah, the cutoff is like thirty five. But you need like a. I think. I think thirty five. You have prior service. Thirty two. If you don't. So if you're from a different branch, transferring over to the military or transferring over to the army, I should say, um, you could be up to thirty five to do so, and then uh, 
32 if you're just a civilian coming in fresh. I, but, so I got two years. I, I really got a year to decide. I, I, yeah, don't don't quote me on that. I, it's in your 30s. I don't. Know I exactly also think it gets a little loosey goosey for National Guard and and Coast Guard. And if you just happen to go ahead and decide to go knock out med school, uh, I know for the Army the maximum age is 35. For the Navy, age waivers start at 34. Air Force maximum age is 39. Okay, I'm gonna go Air Force. Uh, Marines yeah. mac- that have the lowest maximum age is 28. Yeah. So I, I mean, can't be well, a SEAL. Dang it. Honestly, when you no, and wait, I talked about it, wait, I was Navy. You. Did I say Navy? Yeah, I did say Navy. Yeah, I, I meant I can't be uh What's the Marine um, special... Uh, Whatever. F- Force Recon, though, I think, or uh, MARSOC, but I think they've they've rebranded now. I mean, usually when the names of those organizations get uh, too well-known, uh, they have a tendency to to change them out. So, like, like SEAL Team 6 became DevGrew, it's not, and it's it goes by something other than DevGrew right now that hasn't ever crossed my radar. But mm. Yeah. So. And what, Kale, was it you that said that SEAL Team 6, uh, like, there's not, like, when they first started, they started out by being named SEAL Team Yeah, six, they uh, they were stood up by uh, by uh, Richard Marcinko, who uh, actually passed away here recently. So, uh, fair winds and following seas there, uh, Demo Dick. But um, he was a pretty prolific uh, Vietnam SEAL, and uh, he he got tasked to, to stand up SEAL Team 6. Kind of, you know, uh, after like the, the failed Iranian... Uh, Right, just a few different things had gone wrong, and so he he called him at the same at the time. They still only had uh, SEAL Team One and SEAL Team Two, I believe. I might be a little off on that, but they definitely didn't have five teams. Mm-hmm. But he named it, named it SEAL Team Six just to screw with the Russians. I can join the active duty army at forty two. I can join the reserves at forty two. I can join Wait, you can army join national guard at forty two. Forty two. Yeah, dude, that's what the internet Where? says. That's what Where careers. The balancecareers.com is telling me hmm. that. Well, that's an accurate source. Everyone refers to that. They have um, they have a logo, and it and there's ads on here, so I think it's legit. <laughs> no, but Josh, <laughs> that's the when qualification. You and I were, when if you remember when we were in training, I was telling you that if you if you were seriously considering like going into like my field, what, what Dylan and I did, mm-hmm. I would a hundred percent recommend going Air Force first as of right now was that the oldest one that was the oldest one on here right air, air force is 39 yeah yeah i think that's what you said. Well, all say right i'll keep that in, i'll keep that in consideration keep, if things start going south burner. soon you're missing a, a branch one that would actually allow you to be stationed in central florida i think maybe one of the only ones that would allow you to be stationed in central florida which is the space force air force space force, oh, space force. yeah dude i should just go do that what's the hold on why was that even an option you freaking commies i bet it would hold be on. very similar if not identical to the air force standards wait i typed in air force i don't know if force. i don't know if space force right now is just taking like straight civilian recruits i think that there's been a lot of inner i know that the i know that the initial setup for the first year or so uh was just from other branches transferring over so they may they may be at that now where they're taking civilians but I know at first they weren't. I can't find any hard, maybe because it's so new still. I can't like find any hard deets. Anyways. Just go to like spaceforce.gov or whatever. Dude, that's too much work. I've already Guardian. moved on. Gar- guardians.gov because that's what the Space Force. It's uh, spaceforce.mil. Spaceforce.mil, huh? We are currently not accepting applications for inter-service transfer. I don't, I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even know what I clicked, dude. <laughs> 
So that means that, like, if I wanted to switch over to the Space Force, they would be like, oh, we got too many people now. Josh has oh. actually landed on the website for the Steve Carell show on Netflix. That's what he's reading. That's from what right I was now. about to say. I'm like, I think, I think I'm... I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> the Netflix show has been canceled. We're no longer accepting auditions. It says here I have to like, relocate to a secret base it. in Colorado. Oh, wait. <laughs> I can join Space Force as a civilian. Like, like. so what's it? it says how to join. I don't care to talk about this anymore. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm not trying to. No, let's talk about more things down you're definitely not going to do as though you are going to do them. Let's I do know, that I was for getting way too deep. I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not going to follow through with this. I'm going to get like, emails in a minute. I got to put in my social. And my <laughs> He's like, yeah, I want to know but, my credits. But before I do oh, this, before on, I enlist, I really want to complete the Kona Ironman in Hawaii. So as soon as I've trained for and completed that, uh, then I'll enlist. So Kona Ironman, is that something you guys are thinking about doing? Or no, what? absolutely not. I was just adding something else to the list <laughs> that we could talk about that's definitely never going to happen. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, you guys have been doing the, the GORUCKS a lot, so... It, it seems like a natural progression. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's right there. There's a uh, man. Well, that's that's an interesting conversation. There's probably some of the GORUCK events. Well, certainly GORUCK selection event would be would be tougher than doing a, a full length Ironman. Some of the other ones, uh, uh, you know, Muscle Manos, as they say where I come from. Hmm. I don't know. I don't What's know what Go- that means. What's the GORUCK selection event? Uh, GORUCK selection is a, f- so all of GORUCK's events, like they're not a race. It's not like a mud race. It's, it's an event, yeah. not a race, right? It's not a competition. So the goal is for participants to finish. That's, that's what they want, right? Um, selection is not that way. Selection is a, a tiny little taste of like an actual special operations or special forces selection course. So for that one event for selection, there's a couple different versions of that now. Selection used to be the only one. So they, they've got um, a, a shorter version of it and a, and a team selection now because all the people that were failing were like, if I just had one teammate, I could get through. Okay, we'll give you a teammate. We'll give you that event. Um, hmm. But for that, it's it's just like any military selection course. They're just enforcing a standard. and You, you either meet the standard or you don't. Like... If, if nobody finishes, like they've had plenty of selections that are, you know, they call them black where it's just, there's no finishers. Everybody, everybody drops one way or the other. So that's kind of cool. Do they incorporate like land nav stuff in there? Like how like RASP does where you can't like walk on the road. You have to actually navigate through the. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's closer to, um, like, you know, hell wakes, hell wakes the most common thing that people are familiar with. So it's not so much the, uh, like the technical aspect, it's more the, uh, kind of the mind over matter aspect. So not so much the, uh, where like, um, star course, which is what we did. We did a 12 mile star course. That's very much based on, uh, like the star course that they have to complete in training for, for special forces for green berets, um, where it's mm. all land nav. Uh, right. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think they do much of that aspect uh, of that in, in selection. It's a, there's actually, on their website. They don't explicitly say, I guess that's on purpose. You don't, they don't explicitly say what you're doing in a selection. It just says 40, 48 plus hours, 80 plus miles, the toughest endurance event in the world. Average pass rate is less than 2%. Uh, and then it's just like all the requirements of what you need to do it. Like your <laughs> rucksack and what weight you can grab or you can bring and just basic uh, wardrobe things. Yeah. Yada, I, yada. I mean, they do. But pretty- there's no like, here's what you're going to do. Per se. They do right. pretty detailed coverage when they when they do selection coverage of this last one. Uh, most recent one that they did was was really cool. There's actually which I'm, I'm trying to find um, uh, right now because I can't remember. The like name I'm under it. the where you can do the Jacksonville one in October 
Like I'm looking at that specific selection. It says about this event, but there is no actual like here's, but like even ours, they didn't give us the, the waypoints. It was just kind of like, you just knew you're going to walk 12 miles, but you didn't. So is that what they're doing here? It's like, this is just, you're going to be here for 40 hours and you're going to go over 80 miles. Let's get it. Yeah, I no, feel. I mean, you're, you're going to, like, there's there's enough information out there that you're going to have an idea of what you're going to do, but you're not going to know exactly. You're not going to know the exact order. You don't right. really know when it's going to end, um, which that's the case with most uh, GORUCK events. Like, they, they say they like to, uh, you know, under-promise and over-deliver. So they've all, they always give approximate times and approximate distances. Um, so, uh, but there's, there's actually a really good, um, documentary about go Ruck's selection event, um, uh, called the standard. I, I want to say it's on, uh, prime, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really cool. So if that intrigues you at all, uh, I'd take a look at it. It really is amazing. And like the, the guys that finish, man, they're like, so all the go Ruck cadre are either current or former special forces or special operations from whatever branch. So like cadre DS that came on, uh, he was, uh, you know, tier one air force combat controller. Uh, mo- a lot of the guys are, are seals. Uh, there's been, uh, like some Marsoc in there or uh, so most of the guys, I'm sorry, are, are green berets or special forces, but there's been uh, a seal or two there in the mix, some air force uh, there in the mix, some Marsoc there in the mix but i mean these guys have been through these courses for real uh and most of them i mean we've been at war for 20 years so most of them have seen combat and i mean you'll regularly hear them say like these these selection finishers like we'd we'd go to war with with these guys no no problem no question asked so Mm -hmm. you can't even wear a watch no but that's that's standard for uh, most of the events, like not the star courses. Cause, cause who cares? But if, if we went and did like a, a basic or a challenge or a heavy, you can't wear a watch. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I want to close my rings. <laughs> it's a high Apple watch. So if you don't, clo- I'm, I'm out guys. If you don't close your rings, did you even do it? Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> so, but no, they're, they're actually bringing back, they're, they're doing a big event. This is the first time they've done it. Biggest thing they've ever done, um, called Sandlot Jacksonville, where they're just taking over this big, um, open space on the river in Jacksonville for like three days. And they're running multiple go ruck events during it. Um, there's going to be uh, an obstacle course there, a quarter mile long obstacle course with 17 obstacles set up on it. There's tons of big, like nationally known speakers on like all things fitness coming in. Uh, it's a really cool event. So they, they did the, a one-off event uh, back in 2013 called Go Ruck Nasty. Uh, and it was their version of a mud race, but the, the obstacle course, uh, for the green berets that they, when they're going through their training and selection is called nasty Nick. So the go Ruck nasty was based off nasty Nick. And I've got some, fr- I didn't go and do it. I've got some friends that went and did it. They did it on like the side of a, a mountain, like a ski slope. And it was just, uh, insane. A few obstacles had to be closed due to severe injuries. Like it was, yeah. it was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but it was like the biggest party they, they had ever thrown. It was a big deal, but um, not the yeah, most, yeah, awesome. not the most financially successful event they ever did. So it just hasn't ever come back. So they're bringing nasty back. Like go ruck nasty. O two is going down at Sandlot Jacks. Uh, just a little more, uh, not quite so crazy. <laughs> so you, you're going to have <laughs> well, to like, where's the fun? You got to like ru- I mean, run the O course. It's there and then complete some other tests and run the O course again. Um, so the, not all the details are finalized, you said, but that's, that's going to be nasty. So some cool stuff going down at that in, uh, here in April. So nice. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's pretty slick. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It doesn't sound like something would be a good time, but but wrecking, particularly with friends, really, really is a good yeah. time. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's like uh, for me right now, that sounds horrible. Yes. I don't want to do that, but I I know the feeling of like, you know, when you're when you don't have that, you kind of look back and you're like, yeah, I miss it. So I could see like you know people who have served prior having that uh having that appeal and then the people who never had the opportunity yeah. to join that's another thing that draws them in well i mean the uh, the events aside the the events are their their own thing and they're they're a taste of teamwork they're a taste of leadership it it is kind of about like really kind of figuring out what you're capable of so there is some physical challenge there to it there's some mental challenge to it but just the the sport of rucking that they've worked so hard to establish so even like rucking's been incorporated into um like the crossfit games rogue invitational stuff like that now but they've gone in and done the physiological studies to see um you know like the physiological benefits of of rucking just going for a walk with weight on your back um mm-hmm. you know they they've had it reviewed scientifically compared to jogging running stuff like that it really is good for you it's a lower impact than running. And so there's, there's a big difference between like, Oh, I'm going to throw 20 pounds on my back and go out for a brisk walk with my family or, or with some friends. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we throw in some PT for fun. Maybe we don't, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's some burpees in there. Maybe there's some flutter kicks, whatever is a totally different deal than you're like, uh, Hey, go ahead and throw on your full kit and then put this 80 pound ruck on. And now we're, you know, we're just going to go do a baton death march. So it's, it's, it's a totally different <laughs> <Yeah>. vibe uh, <laughs> way, from, way, from what you, uh, from what you experience. So, but it's a good time. It's, it's good living. So, but listen, this isn't, I mean, I'll, I'll talk go ruck all night long. I'll talk space all night long, but this week, gentlemen, that's not why we're here. We all know. We all know why we're here. No, this is why we're here. Please hold, please hold. This is why we're here. I'm ready. I got, I had this queued up. And so this, this is the point where we have to say that if you haven't watched all of the book of Boba Fett yet, and you don't want any spoilers, Now's the time just to just to turn off, just because uh, for a good little bit here we're gonna give our breakdown of uh, this latest uh, Star Wars series. Did they here in the ti- like that fade out? In the like t- that fade out? In the title, in the title of so these, good. have they been I like this? <laughs> this is like Star Wars in the Shire. We're we already got canceled because of copyright infringement. <laughs> but uh, now I, I haven't paid enough attention. Like I know, uh, like Rogue One, it was like Rogue or Solo. It was Solo, a Star Wars story, right? And I think Rogue One they mm-hmm. titled it that way too, right? Have they been saying that with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett? I can't remember. No, it's like, just I, the Book of Boba. Fett. No, um, no, and I think I think that's the goal is. I, at least initially, was that like Kathleen Kennedy and those running yeah. all the Star Wars stuff over at Disney? They're like, okay, we're gonna have our main line entries, you know, episode whatever, whatever, whatever. But then any additional side stories that are actual movies that come out with theatrical releases, they're gonna release as a Star Wars story, yada yada yada. And with all the shows on Disney Plus, they're they're not gonna be like branded as a Star Wars story. They're just gonna have their own season or series yeah i mean the the irony here is that as i as i was watching through book of boba fett i can't remember what episode i was on but i had a thought i'm like this really is just legitimately a good star wars story yeah like it really like just a good story in that universe yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know man i I mean I, i i i would say i would give it you know, you know what I hate about reviews is like when I watch like a YouTube review or IGN or whatever, is that they go into this whole long spiel before giving their thing. So before we go into the whole long spiel, I'm going to give it my score. And I would say it's a solid 6.8 out of 10. 
That's Solid six. Like overall, all, all of Book of Boba, 6.8. Yes. Now, yes, what from, did, be, from beginning to weird. end. And I also had the benefit of watching it, like binge watching it after everything had released. I just finished it today. So for those that were watching it week by week, I think their experience was also a little bit different. So mm. what would your 10-point rating be for Mandalorian? Uh, for season one, season two, or the whole thing? Yes. <laughs> for the whole thing, I would, I would probably say like uh, 8.4, honestly. These point num point decibel decimal what's the word? Hello. Decimal? Decimal is yeah. uh is funny to me. Is I mean, well, you know, you, you gotta get a little six. bit more granular. You like why what's stopping up. okay, you said six point four. What's stopping you from six point seven? Because look, if you if you're giving it a rating, right? If I, I say really it's care. We can move if on. I say it's a six or a seven, right? A six is really bad. That's a, that's a D, right? You're almost failing. That was my high right? school career. Move on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, do mm-hmm. we want a repeat of Josh's high school career? I couldn't say the word wanna... decimal, so that shows you right there that <laughs> this guy's not the sharpest tool. But is, so, is anything in the Star Wars universe a ten for you? No, and but I'm also going to say that I don't think that you should have a ten, just like you shouldn't have like a one. Why can't because, we shoot for a ten? Because. You could shoot for a 10. I'm not saying you shouldn't shoot for a 10, but I think that when you're reviewing something, you should not give it a 10 because that means that nothing ever will be better than that, right? So a 10 means it was the absolute best thing that you could ever possibly see in that category. And I think that those should be the parameters to define what you're looking for, but nothing should ever be the peak because then you're implying that nothing will ever be better than that. Uh, I don't think you're implying that. I think you're saying this is the best we've seen yet. You might have to adjust that score later. See, but you, something has to be something has to be the best thing so far. See, see, Kale, this is you asked my opinion, and I'm just sharing. It, <laughs> you know, <stupid. laughs> but I don't. I don't think that anything, uh, from my perspective, I don't think that anything could be a ten out of ten. I think that's why I give those little granular point. What I think that's a. I think that's dumb. I think you should have a ten out of ten. <laughs> like, if you want a ten out of ten, yeah, like it's. It, it's who cares I if, can't remember. if I have a 10 out of 10 like say I thought what do we what movie did you say Kale? Rogue Rogue One what's the really good one what's like the war movie that's Rogue one. one right yeah that's Rogue One yeah. yeah I would say I don't give I don't know if I'd give that a 10 out of 10 but that's high up there like that's a, yeah I, I mean that's I'd say that's the, I'd say that's like a 9.4 <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't remember um what your feels so stupid I, I can't remember your relationship status i don't have the bandwidth for that dating engaged married whatever but either way could you call her on camera for us right now so we can hear like see and hear you tell her she's not a 10 who molly yeah come here, well, come here these molly. are different things oh. we're talking about we're talking oh, about fiction look who's equivocating <laughs> now no 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 t- i want her to understand ta- she's talking, not the pinnacle we're talking fictional cinematic universes versus tangible love and you so, can't put a number on 10 what's your high what's your highest rated marvel movie dang that's that's a hefty question there's there's like 40 marvel movies right now okay and let's just name the top ones what would you give no way uh far yeah no way home the newest one, nope. newest Spider-Man. What would you rate that? No Way Home. Um, okay, so I would say, I would say No Way Home is probably like a nine point two. Okay. Uh, yeah. Infinity War. 
This is tape, yeah. so I don't know if I care enough. It's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if I if, maybe if I had taken some notes or something, maybe I should have prepped some... these questions before. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, you should have given them to my to my agent. And then yeah, backtrack. I I would say uh, infinite. Like I would rate Infinity War a ten with the asterisk of except for the forced girl power moment, which was game, which was a two. Okay. So if you, you can't give it a ten if you have an except four, right? Because a ten means it's that it's absolutely kale. perfect. But listen, so when yeah. I, when we get to release the Matthews edit and I take out the girl <laughs> the girl power scene, then it will be a ten. But that's that's why I don't ever say ten out of ten because a ten out of ten means it's absolutely perfect and there's not anything that you would change about it, nor is there anything that could ever be better. That's what a one. That's what the. That's what a 10 out of 10 means to me. So that's why I don't ever give anything a 10 out of 10. Saving Private Ryan so, is a 10. Don't at me. You know what? Saving Private Ryan is uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty dang good. I um, say that. <laughs> also, you were confusing the woman scene with Endgame. That was, yeah, that wasn't Endgame. Yeah, whatever. That was, so I think, I think, I mean, I oh, when I rate those movies, I just kind of lump them together because it's basically a part one, part two. Yes. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. It's like the right. last two yeah. Harry Potter movies. It was It was one movie. Right, yep. even though they didn't con- like blatantly say it was part one, part that's that's what it was. Yeah, um, but I do think Infinity War. Originally, they did. They used to say Infinity War Part One, Part Two. Right, but it's just called Endgame. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. who cares? Um, so what but, we've uh, discovered here is that in in your world, you've given the Book of Boba Fett a relatively low score. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, and that it really sucks because I love Boba Fett from like my childhood. To now, Boba Fett has been one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time, and I mean, you really want me to go into why I think it's yeah. I uh, mean, yeah, that's why again, that's what we're doing. Again, if you haven't seen serious if you haven't seen Book li- of Boba Fett yet, yeah, and you plan to let's um let's just skip this for a minute. Legitimate like, detailed spoilers starting okay. immediately. Yeah, I'm not. We don't want to do this waiting thing anymore. We're just going to talk right, about yeah. It. Let's just jump right into the nitty gritty. Okay, so I think that I think that the book of Boba Fett relied too heavily, number one, on nostalgia for its main entertainment pieces. Hmm. Right, the reintroduction of Cad Bane. Uh, okay, back I thought that was Luke. dope though. Like we've I, never uh, seen uh, Cad Bane live action though. Right. This is this is. Let me talk about it. All right. Let me, okay. Let me, sorry. Let me, let me say my. Let me sorry, say Sarge. My, let me say my piece. So the reintroduction of Cad Bane, right? Heavily nostalgic, super dope when he was introduced, right? But then the next episode, he was killed off, and boom, it was done. Okay. He also didn't. No one's like... ever dead in Star Wars. <laughs> okay, but he also didn't have the same type of feel that he did in the Clone Wars TV show. In the Clone Wars TV show, there was a lot of depth, there was a lot of buildup, there was a lot of backstory to him, there was a lot of growth, right? So you could see this like menacing character over time. In Book of Boba Fett, they expect you to already know him from the Clone Wars, right? And then they expect you to just be at one, excited about his reappearance, and then two, content with the way he was killed off, right? So that's point one. Number two, on the nostalgia piece, is this entire thing where they, like Kale said earlier, they basically made it Mandalorian 2.5 in the sense that they had a whole like story arc for the latter half of the series was about Mandalorian and uh, Jin Jaren and Grogu and Ahsoka and Luke. I mean, and one what was going on on that side. One episode, and I don't then, remember which one, was straight up an episode of Mandalorian. Totally. Yeah. It was yeah. entirely Mandalorian. Yeah. And they touched back on like the Vizsla clan and the Darksaber and all that stuff. And I think, really, I think that the fault that they had there was that there was, so, it was like, 
it, it's like in the office, right? When they're talking about having a good pizza and they got it from the wrong place, right? So they had so many good pieces, they just didn't bring it together well. So I love Boba Fett. I love the Star Wars universe. I love everything that they brought to the table. I just did not like how they did it. And I think that if they slowly paced it out, I think that if the CGI was a little bit better, I think that another problem that I have is, have is that Robert Rodriguez was the director. And I've seen hate know, for him, but I don't know anything about him. So I like Robert Rod- Rodriguez as a director because he's he's done a lot of like really interesting things that I liked when I was younger. He did like... Um, what was it like Des, uh, desperado he did like once upon a time in mexico he did the um oh man uh dust till dawn mm. he worked with quentin tarantino and he did uh, like the grindhouse featurette that was planet terror and uh, death proof so he's done a lot of really great things cinematically but the thing that i had a problem with is that if he has a very particular style right which most directors do and if you've ever seen spy kids and you know in the back of your mind that Robert Rodriguez directed all of the Spy Kids movies, and then you go back and you watch Book of Boba Fett, you will see very Spy Kids-esque things. That's hilarious. Like the the way that the surgeon who fixed Fennec Shan, Mm -hmm. right? The, who was Thundercat, by the way, which I thought was really, really cool. If you're familiar with the artist Thundercat, he's he's awesome, and it was a cool little cameo. But the way that his little gadgety introduction was was very like Spy Kids feel. Mm. Uh, the CGI when the uh, when the the little cart that was carrying Jin Jarin and Grogu exploded, and Jin like grabbed him. Mm-hmm. It like was clippy and odd, and like felt like straight out of Spy Kids. So there was a lot of like the the droids themselves that were walking through the streets of Mos Espa, and they were blowing stuff up. Those looked like they were out of Spy Kids. So it's like there's all these cool things that were introduced, these good concepts, but they had this just really strange feel, and they weren't executed in a way that was as Mandalorian was. Mandalorian has a, had a really good feel to it, had a really unique westernized feel. And it was almost like I would say Book what, of Boba Fett was trying to copy that, yeah. but it had it with like Robert Rodriguez's weird style that just didn't translate well. Yeah, I, I like that viewpoint. Like Mandalorian felt polished. This mm-hmm. It felt like, he could have just done that a little. Like it felt like it was missing this, that extra 10% layer of a little bit of more excellence right. to it. Yeah, I agree with right. that. And in the episode where Luke and Ahsoka were there, they didn't really provide much narrative, right? They didn't they didn't do much, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jin Jarn showed up to the planet and they said, Okay, like yeah, Luke is starting the Jedi Academy again. Grogu might be the first student. Uh leave Grogu alone. And then that was the end of the episode. Like yeah. Jin left, right? And then yeah. the next episode we see Grogu and Jin together because Grogu loves him. So What do you think of- about Grogu's decision? Choosing Mando versus the Jedi. And that makes it sense was, why we never see him again, potentially, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense uh, as far as like the overall arcing narrative of Star Wars. Um, but I think it was obvious and predictable. I didn't think yeah. it was obvious. I, I really? mean, I also didn't like think, like, what is he going to decide? I didn't, besides just seeing the decision he had, I didn't think any more past it. But then when he did decide, I'm like, oh, that, I guess it makes sense because we'd never see him again in Star right. Wars lore. Except, right? Because well, he's still a new character, but yeah, you know. Yeah, so I think that I think that my core, like, or my my biggest critique about it is that there were a lot of good core concepts, but they just weren't executed well. And I think that 
there should not have just been seven episodes. That seems like a, a COVID really short sighted. Sure, but I mean, well, we I'm have just time. kidding. I don't know. That's what everyone blames it on. Yeah, everyone blames everything on COVID now. But <laughs> but I mean, we have time, right? So they could have flushed it out. It's not like Disney is hurting for money. It's not like Boba Fett is not a uh, a, a thing that needs to be rushed, right? Because everybody's been craving it for a long time, and yeah. fans are patient, you know. Yeah. Uh, even though they're not. So I think that it should have been flushed out more. I think that if they had those core concepts and they looked at it a little bit more, they added a little bit more detail, uh, it, it, it just could have been so much better, which mm. is what's most disappointing. So I gave it a 6.8 because I feel like, yeah, it was not, not only was it passing like with a D grade, right? It was almost a C, but it just missed the mark so many times that it just wasn't good enough. Gotcha. I thought it was weird how like, Boba Fett once he's uh like trying to deal with the the syndicate to get out he's mm-hmm. like very like these are my people this city are my people and right. they're like who are you like they didn't even yeah. know who he and like I'm like why do you care about this city so, like I get he cared about most Eisley because that was kind of mm-hmm. where his palace was but then why did he care so hard about most Espa yeah most Espa most Espa yeah yeah I'm like but why and then yeah. I felt like he was. I felt like he was kind of dumb, Boba Fett yeah. in general, right? Because yeah, he was, his, he was like constantly his, like, reacting to things. He was never like mm-hmm. he's like we got a big plan, and then literally like all of his points that he's like, all right, we got this secure, we got this secure, we got this secure, and it was like kind of like heist esque kind of like setup. And then yeah. nope, you had literally zero percent security, and Cad Bane is right there, right. Right. I was like, well, I think that was intended dumb, to speak dude. to how good Cad Bane is, not how bad their plan was. No, I, but then like throughout the whole thing, it just felt like Fett was just reacting to things and not like at all prepared. I felt right. like. I just felt like he was constantly unprepared for what he was. He ended up winning on the other side, but like right. everything he was doing was a reaction, not a right but and if i you, think but if you don't give that vibe like the dude's never run a planet or a city before so if he's mm-hmm. just awesome at everything then you've just mary sued him like he hasn't earned it he hasn't learned the lessons to do it well but well, the way he was talking like this is my city i'm gonna do everything i can to protect so like you kind of feel like he i mean he was with the the tuscans so that's probably where he got that like these are my people now pride from mm-hmm. but then i'm like but you're ill prepared for this. Like, I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like they were setting him up to be like, oh, he's going to, he's going to kill it. And we're going to get constant, like awesome moments with Fett. Fett and then it, mm-hmm. it, it, like, it was like, oh, he's, I almost felt like you're just kind of dumb. That's the vibe I kept getting. Yeah. Yeah. He was no longer like a calm, cool, collected technician. He was like acting, reacting emotionally. And even, I mean, that was another thing that was kind of, upsetting to me or frustrating to me was that like they pointed it out in the narrative of the show many many times like when they said you know when Cad Bane says that you know you've gotten soft in your old age or like when Fennec Shand told him like you're reacting on emotion or like she felt so much smarter and knew like she felt like she knew everything happening everywhere and like knew the people knew what to do and like oh you need to be being carried into the city and I get his pride level like no I'm not going to do that I understand that but like it seemed like she was way more knowledgeable about everything going on than totally. he ever was totally totally and totally. i think her character is boring as as i'll be and we've seen the growth of boba fett right like one of the one of the things that a buddy of mine and i were talking about a couple days ago was 
my buddy was like, you know, Boba Fett just doesn't seem as strong as he used to be. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, not even as he used to be or how he used to be portrayed. Right. And and what I was telling him was that like, you know, in the, in the original trilogy, you see him for like three seconds, total minutes, right? He's got hardly any screen time where the, where the actual development comes from is we first see him as a kid in the clone wars movie. And then he has all this character growth. I hated him as a kid. He was so annoying. Right, but we see character growth, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. that's that's, and so we see him progress into this very stoic type character that makes sense in the original trilogy, and then it seems to a lot of his personality seems to, and 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 experience seems to have been washed away, simply because what he he met some Tuscan Raiders in the desert. Right. Like, I I really enjoy. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the Tuscan Raider part yeah that I was really cool. I like the flashbacks i loved seeing him crawling out of the sarlacc pit and like fighting for his life yeah and, you know all all of those those like flashback sequences were really really well done and i loved the fact that he incorporated some of his like maori um like heritage and culture into those like scenes those tuscan oh, raider things cool. yeah yeah so like uh, he, he, he should have done a haka <laughs> well, it was it was funny that they legit sent him on, uh, you know, uh, pick your uh, pick oh, your natural medicine. But and, you know, he was either on a San Pedro or an ayahuasca trip, depending on how you want to view it. Like one hundred percent. I feel like they didn't need to do the flashback scenes. I feel like they should have just started the show with that and then progressed mm-hmm. it. I, I felt like because every time you saw him go into the back to tank, we're like, here we go back into the dream world. The only right. cool part with the back to tank was the Wookiee interrupting it. Like that was a cool moment because i was mm-hmm. like whoa that was unexpected but i i thought the tuscan stuff was pretty fun because you yeah your only real whatever is Anakin can go in ham and killing all of them right and like you never really get to see their world per se right so I, th- cool. I think i think that the the book of boba fett had the same problem that the prequel trilogy did and where when they're looking at anakin skywalker right phantom menace and the clone wars are both kind of origin stories right like it's anakin as a kid and then anakin as a young adult but there's not a growth into darth vader until end of clone wars and then the entirety of the the um revenge of the sith right, right. so they have to rush it at it's the like very they forgot, end oh yeah we got to go that way and then, yeah like they're like oh crap we got to really make him darth vader and we got to show that change and for the book of boba fett it kind of seems like the same thing where they have to fill all of these gaps of what has boba fett been doing since he quote-unquote died at the end of return of the jedi but they really don't have to do that like I mean, in my opinion, the best thing about Phantom Menace was Darth Maul, and you really could have done away with the rest, right? Yeah. Darth Maul didn't even necessarily need to be there. If they had introduced Darth Maul as a character in the Clone Wars TV show and done away with Phantom Menace, then the original prequel trilogy could have focused more on Anakin's growth as a young adult, and then, you know, they would have had more time to focus on that part of the story. Same with Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett, you didn't need all of that inner middle stuff of what was happening between when he left the Tusken Raiders and when he met Jin Djarin. That all happened within a year, right? Mm. From the end of Return of the Jedi to the beginning of The Mandalorian, there that's, that's a five-year span. So you cover a couple flashbacks of him crawling out of the Sarlacc pit, and then boom, let's actually focus on what's going on now. Yeah. We don't have to keep going back every single episode for the first half of this seven-episode series yeah. to talk about him hanging out in the desert. Yeah, I agree. They could. I mean, the Tuscan stuff was what maybe two epi- two and a half episodes. It was. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, they could have probably squeezed that into, into one. Mm-hmm. But I hated the bikers stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. See, that, is that is that new to Star Wars? Like, it felt like cyberpunk meets Star Wars. And I was like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars. It feels like you guys are trying to make this, like, modern, like, like what cyberpunk is like. But you're adding that kind of sci-fi-esque into Star Wars, which is, I feel like, a different genre of sci-fi than what cyberpunk sci-fi is, right? Am I mean, I the body there? modding stuff has always been there, you know? Like, like how so? This hand, like, in the, in the very first... Yeah, know, but that's, like, I feel like that's different than the way they were but i guess that tech is there so it's not too far-fetched that's yeah. a good point i mean yeah. it, well i mean unsurprisingly like i had issues with the show and none of them are the same issues that you guys had with them which i'm sure <laughs> will shock um everyone i feel like we do have to acknowledge and hat tip to um Patton oswald's character that he plays oh man yeah uh, apparently Parks, he wrote that Parks episode Rec, though. yes who uh oh really yeah yeah, if if you if you're a fan of Parks and Rec or if you're not, Patton Oswalt, um, he guests for a, a couple of episodes. I think actually, I think he he reoccurs a few times. But he's like filibustering a, a city council meeting at one point, and to filibuster, he's reading his own Star Wars fan fiction and recaps how he would have resurrected Boba from the Sarlacc pit, which was exactly. I mean, beat for beat, how it went. Have down. you watched? Someone's put the two videos side yeah, by side. It's, it's perfection, top notch. Uh, oh, really? There's an actual cut of that. Yeah. yeah, someone put his little speech from Parks and Rec with the Boga Boba Fett him coming out of the Sarlacc pit with so. like hand. His hand will dash through the sand, popping up out of the ground. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty good. But then I heard I was amazed too. But then my neighbor was saying he helped write that episode. Hmm. I, mean, I don't know if that's true. I haven't looked it up and verified, but yeah, e- either way I, I am choosing to believe until I see definitive proof. Otherwise, which I'm not going to go in search of that. I'm choosing to believe that that was them giving a little hat tip, hat tip to that episode of parks and rec in, in mm. their writer's room. I enjoyed that. So no, I like, I would be disappointed if we saw the same old, old uh, Boba. I would be disappointed if we saw like the invincible uh, stoic bounty hunter. Uh, I think mm. dying and coming back from the dead essentially should change you. And I think uh, shattered that character's sense of his invincibility. So I think I you already see him questioning that. And then, which I think they even address in a line at one point, but I think the, the time that he spends with the Tuscans where he has been this solo operator for so long, solo joke intended um, that he learns the importance of tribe. And that's where you see this idea of I'm not leaving. These are my people. I think that's indicative of him learning that lesson of I don't want to do this life alone anymore. So you see him mm-hmm. latch on to Finnick and then she's kind of picking up on that vibe and sticks around. No reason she would have done that. That's out of character for her. Um, well, she died too, right? Like she, or at least came close. Right. But seeing that oh, importance yeah. of like, uh, okay, like it's not just bounties. It's not just me. It's not just almighty dollar. Right. Um, mm. So seeing that importance of tribe, that's what translates through to me of these are my people. I think that wasn't the yeah. sense of city wide i think that was planet wide uh right in in that statement i didn't mm. think it fell out of place for a star wars movie now i haven't ever seen the spy kids movies and i'm not gonna lie i don't ever intend to watch them the so <laughs> marcus I, wants to watch it i heard everything you know from droid to cars to everything like i think the the giant city destroying droids that we saw very, very much just felt like an evolution of those none of that felt strange or out of place to me um like uh cinematically everything felt in line with with what i with the experience of mandalorian stuff to me except for that biker gang which is like hey how can we fit tokyo drift into the star wars universe 
right? And they were moving so slow, too. I mean, dang, what the heck? Like, they're trying to go through a high-speed chase through the city. You watch the what, what Empire Strikes Back when they're on the forest moon yeah. of Endor, and they're, like, flying through. Yeah. I hated those like bikes. They look stupid too. I'm like, yeah. this is dumb. So I, I was, I was literally thinking that. I'm like, why is this? Why is this here? Why are they doing this? Why whatever? And I get, you know, to some whatever. There's that argument artistically that it's just a condition of you can't say humanity because it's this greater expanded universe, but of life, right? Like mm-hmm. that. There's humans here that do things like that to cars and trucks and bikes. Yeah. There's probably creatures else there where it, it just felt that part felt forced. That part felt. Uh, kitschy yeah. to me. My my issues uh, with the series are I'm I'm not sure and I'm not sure how to say the dude, Morrison's first name um, that plays Boba. I don't know that he's strong enough to carry. Oh, Timua. I get why he I get why he's Boba. I just wish that he wasn't. Uh, I yeah. want somebody that's more uh, you know believable as uh, like I you know I don't know I want a, a rip dude whatever. But I just don't know that his acting is strong enough. But I've had what do you mean s- a rip dude? Like I, I want somebody that feels like uh you know a freaking bad bounty hunter. That's what I want, and he just kind of looks like a, he looks like a. Let's see, you're contradicting yourself there too, because you don't want the stoic bounty hunter from before, but you want a ripped bounty hunter that's ready to kick some butt. You just yeah. want dog the bounty hunter, is what you're saying? Yeah. The, so I, <laughs> I don't want you know I don't want uh, the rock, but I don't want this dad bod dude either. <laughs> that's all. That's that. all I'm saying. Like, I, I, yeah, I want this changed character, but that also looks like he could he could actually handle himself. But so I just I don't know that he has the acting chops to carry it. Like, it doesn't really do it. For, I don't buy into him as as the character. And I, what, what did you think of him in the original in the prequel trilogy as Django Fett? Same thing. Like, he's just not a great actor. I mean, it's not no no whatever. To I'd the like dude. to see like, him he probably acts better be than Captain me, Rex. But. I wanted to see him be Captain Rex or Cody. Like that would be Was cool. He, was he also the voice actor in the Clone Wars in the no. Rebel series? No, that was someone no. else. No. But I, but I've had the same issue with Mark Hamill. He's a crap actor, and I hate that He's he keeps. Really I hate that he keeps popping up. Like there, there's actual, actually more uh, like facial expression and believability in this CGI version of him than in the actual person. Um, Which uh, do you think yeah. this version was better than Mando season it two? Absolutely, it absolutely yes. was. Because yeah, it was, yeah. the, I think it was the YouTube guy that they hired who when. Recap: Mando yeah. two, Luke was deep faked. It looked like garbage, not garbage, but it didn't look as good as what it could have been. And yeah, then when industrial someone, light magic was running it, yeah. And then a guy on YouTube, that guy, he posted his version on YouTube, and then Disney hired him. But so like, that's yeah, a great so, move on their part. But then, so okay, here Mark Hamill is here ruining yet another Star Wars property for me. And you know, <laughs> you've got this this same like angsty, you know, like self doubting. Uh, Luke again, where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm the, not only am I a Jedi master, I'm the only Jedi master now, but, but Hey, Padawan, Hey, uh, Jedi dropout. What do you think I should do with this little guy? Oh, and by the way, why are you here? <laughs> like, a, like, well, the Ahsoka well, I ended with Mando two, right? Season two. That's why she's kind of with him. Right. Cause mm-hmm. he took Grogu away. Wasn't she with, there's no them? reason for her to pop up right now other than to remind everybody, Hey, we're doing an Ahsoka show too. Well, she's, she's part yeah. of the, f- I mean, yes, that's probably why, but like, I'm trying to think she's, she's not part of the that. school. She's not training with Luke. There's no reason for which her is, to be there, which is why, again, I think that they were relying too heavily on the nostalgia piece. Like I, I understand the integration. I think of it's the more Ahsoka fan service and, and nostalgia, but see, but, but I but, agree with, with kale in the sense that like, if they're going to do fan service, they should do it the right way. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. Like you could, you could have woven Ahsoka in 
True. Right? Like, more organically, you know, not she's just, oh, on the trail me. of what's her name? Who's the big boob, blue baddie? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the girl who's canceled right now? No, 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 Thrawn? no, no. Thrawn. Thrawn, yeah. Like, she could have been, you know, on you know following the trail oh, to Thrawn blue and had baddie. it and ha- I thought you said big boob baddie <laughs> yes because yes because that that's would why be, I was so confused I was like the girl who's canceled yeah that would be very solid seven of me to bring up the big boob baddie <laughs> now that we're gonna have to bleep it twice uh, but like they could have woven that storyline in and she's following a lead towards him and it brings her to Tatooine for an episode or something you could have done it there's just yeah. no reason for her to be where Luke was there yeah. so I didn't mind that sure. I loved seeing Cad Bane I think everything about Cad Bane's demeanor communicates everything you need to know about him. So I I didn't hate that he just showed up with no backstory. Like you get instantly who and what he is the second you see him. Right. Like he's pure gunslinger. I mean, everything about him, right? Like text textbook. So I didn't mind that, but knowing that there is so much depth to him, I thought it was a miss to kill him off so quick. I agree. I agree. I was shocked that they actually killed him. Can I address those points? So I totally, totally agree with you when it comes to the extent of Boba Fett changing after his near-death experience. I I think that that makes total sense. So that's where I'm going back to my point of they had great core concepts. They just didn't execute it well because I'd love the idea of Boba Fett changing as a as a person, it, it makes total sense, right? You have an actual death experience. You have a, a ayahuasca trip with a lizard in your nose, and suddenly you're let you realize that the life that you've led is not one that you should lead anymore. Yeah. But I don't think they did it very well. And then the same thing with Cad Bane. I agree that his introduction was very intense and awesome, but it was a misfire by killing him off in the in the next episode or the final episode, however many were in between. He was only around for two yeah at most well and, and right? that's yeah but that's my thing that to me that was the only miss in the cad storyline like beat cad you want the win right uh but leave that option open now josh is right yeah. star wars is like marvel nobody's ever really dead but sure. you're already throwing one so far the characters who've died in marvel have stayed dead like vision's not back i mean yet white he's kind of back white yeah. vision yeah right who else died tony's still dead Tony's still dead. Well, I mean, uh, literally I half the people were dead in their back. They were never dead, though. They just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> they, got, got, they got blipped. Okay. But we all knew. I mean, I was sitting in the theater as soon as they all blipped away. I was like, oh, they're going to be back. Like, I, was, you know I didn't really think any of those out? main characters died. There was no you know way. what really bummed me out is that Molly, Molly didn't watch these movies in theaters, right? She watched some of them here and there for the Marvel stuff. But when we binged watched all of them... She had no emotional reaction at all to the end of Infinity War. I didn't either. Because she knew, she was like, well, there's another movie. I already know they're coming oh, back. And I didn't like, think oh. that, but I was like, I assumed there would be another movie, and they, I assumed they would be back. People were crying. and I heard a girl wailing in the theater, and I was like, are you dumb? They're not yeah, dead. Got, I'm not going to lie. I got a little teary-eyed when, I didn't when at all. Peter Parker faded away. When, when I mean, it was, was like, an emotional moment, oh. but I'm not like, I was like, he'll be back. Like It'll be fine. Yeah. I wasn't bawling and wailing and crying. No, you were I, though. I saw you. I definitely you got were on my up shoulder. Threw up in my lap a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did Google it a little bit ago when we were talking about it. I was waiting for a beat. Uh, Pat Oswald does not seem like he contributed to the episode. All right. Hmm. Um, he tweeted. Um, so someone tweeted like Pat Oswald absolutely nailed his prediction. Um, and then he tweeted back at them to say I'm touched is putting it lightly. And yeah, Book of Boba Fett rocks. You're welcome. So yeah. it doesn't seem like he did yeah hmm. now so there you go it I, was real 
I will um, say I one s- issue I take with the Cad Bane storyline is him outdrawing outdraw- Timothy Oliphant, which if you are a Justified fan like me, you understand, <laughs> would never happen. Raylan takes down Cad Bane, no problem. But uh, so I so I was glad to see Timothy Oliphant in the in the back of the tank at the. Uh, I that called it that he'd be yeah. in the back to tank. I was like, yeah. he's the only one not here. I didn't even know here. who that was. I had to look that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously, yeah, as, a, as a rabbit trail, if you haven't ever watched the show Justified, it was on FX. It's not on anymore. It's fantastic. It's not that old. It holds up, and you should watch it. I've never watched it. That sounds good. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. Um, yeah. I also, Patton Oswalt uh, completely improved that speech, by the way. That's amazing. No kidding. That's yeah. insanely impressive. He said... Uh, he talked about improving the Parks and Rec speech entirely based off his own Star Wars knowledge. They didn't quote, they didn't yell cut, so I didn't want to be unprofessional and stop. So the panic kind of locked in, and I guess my response was to dump every bit of Star Wars and pop culture <laughs> trivia I have in my brain, he said. <laughs> I, I, That's awesome. I want independent confirmation because nobody's a bigger fan of Patton Oswalt than Patton Oswalt. So I, I don't know if I buy that comment just from him. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm not a big Patton Oswalt fan, but I don't like him same. as a person, but he's yeah. in a couple funny things now yeah uh, the only thing i like about him is that it's parks and rec episode yeah so, <laughs> so but uh you know justified is on hulu in case you're wondering oh it's so was, good yeah. it's so good seasons one through six you're welcome everyone it's fantastic uh, how does it kale how does it does it end well or does it is it canceled and they're like no it, I, it ends it ends the, the end befits the series it's good okay yeah, yeah. all right it's so like it's okay. worth to finish through oh yeah Okay, because there's like some shows where it's like, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head now, but like they just don't end well. Like uh, House of Cards, like it's a great show, but they ended it horribly. Justified, I I almost want to screen share and watch it together and experience it with you guys because just like the very beginning of the very first episode sucks you right in. You're just, you're hooked. You'll you'll love Mm. his character. But uh, now like Star Wars is known for for their cameos, uh, sometimes unseen. So like you brought up Thundercat, who hand to God I had never heard of, and I'm a-okay with that. But I did enjoy (laughs) seeing Steven Root pop up. I've loved Steven route for a Who's long that? long time he was the guy that was like the uh the the water dealer yeah yeah But yeah. he's been in a, in a ton of stuff oh. and i just love him he's, and everything i think the like, x-wing pilots were probably someone they seem like people that i've seen before but i haven't looked well the one are. the heavy set guy is one from the movies like i remember reading about that in mando i think oh, okay um, if, if you've seen office space he's in office space yeah he's, he's the, the red uh, stapler guy yeah, oh, okay. red, my stapler. Cool. He was also. If, if you've seen Dodgeball, he's the one that goes L for love. Yeah, like, but yeah. he's he's in so many good things. Yeah. He's really it's great. Fan- he's he was actually. Uh, I want to say his character was hauling in Northern Exposure. Do you guys remember that show? I really liked that mm-hmm. show when I was a kid. But um, but Danny Trejo popping up was nice. Like it's it's always yeah, that was fun so to, random. It's fun to see. Okay, but Danny but here's anywhere. another thing with the Danny Trejo thing. Danny Trejo has been in almost every single movie directed by Robert Rodriguez. I got no problem with that. That's funny. I, I got Spy no problem Kids. with it either. He was either. the uncle in Spy Kids. He was the uncle in Spy Kids, dude. So Molly was like, how do I know him? I know him. And I was like, have you ever seen Spy Kids? And she was like, oh my gosh, I actually rec- recognize him. It's funny that you I go hated, for that um, reference because he's been in so many legit things, but you go straight for the jugular on Spy Kids. <laughs> because it's like, because <laughs> that's like the, the what I grabbed from so many of those scenes in Book of Boba Fett. When I when I made the connection of Robert Rodriguez, Spy Kids, and Book of Boba Fett, Robert Rodriguez, I was like, all of these things are so stylistically him. And the only thing that translates well is the Spy Kids like goofiness. 
because all of his other stuff is fairly like adult, right? So, you know, it was the the most logical connection. It's I'm looking through the, like the IMDB and just seeing the people who are listed as like Tuscan kid, Tuscan chief. I'm like, that's a tough get of a role, right? Like, <laughs> I, no, no, really. I was in the book of Boba Fett. Oh, sure. You were sure you were. Yeah. Show me the scene with you in it. That, that's me right what there. What did you think the, of, um, under those rugs of, Gro- of Grogu? He like, I felt like his walking in this was so bad, right? You know, it was comical I, at times. I'm like, why the heck is that puppet moving like that? Yeah. You know why? Because they're trying so hard to hold on to the original trilogy's look and feel with practical that, effects. It looked bad. It, yes, it, I agree. I agree. And it, like, same thing with the scene with the, the Rancor and he's like touching it and like, you know, like waddling towards it and his hands all like obviously puppeteered. It, I, I love the idea of practical effects. Yeah. I like that they're holding on to that. Yeah. But I think that there's a time and a place, right? Like you, you, you gotta put it in when it feels natural, and you gotta take it out when it doesn't. Like I think Mando had that balance really good, and like more of the newer mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff kind of hits that. Like this kind of not sequel newer, but like what we've been seeing so far. I feel like they've done a like I've found myself like in most of the cantina scenes when most of those aliens are practical, uh, uh, whatever's. I feel mm-hmm. like oh that, that looks great that like that looks believable and you know mm-hmm. it's not CGI but I feel like Grogu's walking and especially in this I was like bro I just yeah. want to know how Luke decides when he's going to force hop him along next to him or when he's going <laughs> or when he's going to very practically carry him in the pack on his back like what's yeah, the right. determining which how does Luke make that call and yeah, then as I'm, Grogu wouldn't you be like whoa 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 what are you doing man you, th- you I'm walking too slow for you like what is this. <laughs> this is rude. You didn't even ask me if you could do this. And you know what? You know what? Unseen cameo I really enjoyed was the. Um, you know, you guys know Matt Berry. He's in uh, the It Crowd. He was in. Uh, oh man, what's that vampire show that's on FX and and Hulu? You guys know what the I'm talking about? The comedy one from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of like The Office, yeah, but something it's, shadows or. Yeah, yeah. What we do in the shadows. Yeah. So Matt Berry, one of the vampires, he was the droid that was like Boba Fett's assistant. Oh, that's time. funny. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think of those dro- overpowered, essentially droidicas that were terrorizing the town at the end? Do you feel like they were too overpowered? Or do you feel like they looked good? I I, I didn't hate it. That I, I mean, if anything, they were like the tech made sense to me. They just yeah. should have thrown some dirt on them. They they looked a little bit too much like they were off the set of Terminator. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, I looked too new. Yeah, yeah, I liked them, but I didn't like them at the same time. Like I like the again the the concept. I it was like it was like if it was like if Naboo made made droids, then that's what they would look like. Right? Yeah, yeah they, they get that. a they get a six point eight out for me. Like they should have had a little bit more rust. <laughs> yeah, I did love the fact that that uh, Din Djarin got a. Uh, uh, Naboo starship as his new ship. That was dope. But I, I will say, I wish I had written it down or texted you guys when I was watching it so I could prove it. But the second that he asked about the spot for the droid, she's like, "Oh, I just gutted it." I'm like, "Oh, well, Grogu's going to ride there." Yeah, like, I think we all <laughs> the thought that. She yeah, said I thought, it, that I thought it. So I'm like, "Okay, well, he's going to be, he's going to be backing in there." That's awesome. So. I wonder. I wonder what they're because I'm trying to think of like what their concept is, like, like what their intent is behind the book of Boba Fett. You know, because like the Mandalorian is obvious as its own standalone type thing, setting up a new Mandalorian character and continuing on the Mandalorian culture. Because when it comes to like the Star Wars universe, in my opinion, I think that Mandalorian culture is the most like 
mysterious and revered when it comes to fans, right? Yeah. Like they hold that dearly when it comes to Darksaber stuff and like Bo Katan and like the whole the Mandalorian wars and everything, right? Like Mandalorian stuff lore in in the Star Wars universe is really re- revered by fans. Well, they're I mean, I think they're they're Klingons, they're just pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's they're, that's really accurate. Yeah, they're pretty I mean, Klingons. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I think that like when it comes to the Mandalorian story, that's that it's it's an attempt to bring that back into the quote unquote modern times of Star Wars, where like it's going to slowly transition it maybe into the sequel eras. But my thought behind, and I, I think my, maybe that's my fault, is the expectation behind Book of Boba Fett was going to be centralized with just a story about Boba Fett, and it seems like they were trying to make sense why Boba Fett still existed, and then just shoehorn him back into the Mandalorian stuff. How did he show up in Mando 2? I don't remember season 2. I mean, they touched on it in Book of Boba Fett, right? Like, he came as the hooded character that was watching from afar, and he rescued Fennec Shand. He wanted his armor back. Yeah, he he wanted his armor back, which Mando took from, um, what's what's his name, the the The, sheriff? Yeah, the sheriff. Yeah, so he took the... The, the marshal right and then in that episode where uh grogu is sitting on that pillar to try to reach out to other force sensitive people uh then the stormtroopers come in and attack with moff gideon and mando is there trying to fend the stormtroopers off and, and then, then boom showed up boba okay, shows yeah, up with finish gotcha. end yep i've been wanting to rewatch mando one and two because i've only seen it that one initial first watch through and i don't i don't remember a lot of it yeah so i think that's maybe you know maybe that's our fault as viewers is to expect that Boba Fett was anything more than just a side story that is there to complement the Mandalorian story. Maybe the Mandalorian Din Djarin story with Grogu is is its own thing, and the book of Boba Fett is simply there to just complement what happens in that 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 arc. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, maybe if it was like a one and done, you know, if if this these seven episodes were going to be it, but there's going to be more. I I I'm wondering if it would have been what it was if it wasn't for COVID. You know what I mean? Like, I think, mm. uh, you know, with with yeah. with more Mando and with Ahsoka being delayed, I think this was a little bit of a reminder that they were out there. And I don't know if it would have gone down that same way if they could have stuck to their intended timeline uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of supposition there and we, we would never know the difference. But I think, you know, we uh, fan service always gets talked about like it's like it's a negative uh, and it, it yeah. can be a good thing if the storyline is done well, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I think the the answer to why the book of Boba Fett, it, it, it the whole thing exists for fan service. Like the entire Star Wars fandom has wanted more Boba since, uh, you know, since the beginning of Boba. Since hey, don't vaporize them, you know, right? Um, right. And so and so now we're getting it, and I'm okay if it has to tie into to the greater yeah. world as it exists right now. Is yeah. um. Jango Fett, um, like an actual Mandalorian. Uh, yes. Because you know Boba how it's Fett like we learned technically with technically not, right? Because you know how like we learned that it's obviously like an what would you say culture or religion, the Mandalorians. It's culture, right? It's uh, kind of like both, being Jewish. Both. It's kind of like a, right it's kind of like Jewish. You're a race and a religion yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But like, so Jango is an actual Mandalorian, but he takes yeah. off his helmet though. So they addressed that in the Mandalorian show, where oh, they did? the yeah the um, the sect that Din Djarin is a part of is more or less looked at as a cult, right? You remember yeah. the episode where Bo Katan yeah, shows up? Yeah, I did the rewatch this jump, bro. Yeah, 
Yeah, so when Bo-Katan shows up and she talks to Din and he's like, I don't remove my thing, this is the way, la la la, she's like, oh, you're one of those. Yeah. And there, um, do you remember in Clone Wars where they have the Death Watch that's living on Concordia, which is the like yeah. the moon above yeah. Mandalore? So on Concordia, they have like the, um, what do you, what were they called? The the Vizla, the remains of the Vizla clan lives on the moon of Concordia. And they were exiled to Concordia because of their extremist views. And the Mandalorian, uh, the, the, the group that Din Djarin is raised by are an offshoot, like further extremist sect of those uh, oh. Death Watch. So this that's was explained why he, in Mandalorian? Yes. So that's why he never removes that. his helmet. Um, so like Mandalorian culture, like on the core planet, that that's, that's not really a thing. Those are like the ultimate extremist views of it. And so that's why like in, in Book of Boba Fett, when Din is battling with, uh, Paz Vizsla, um, Paz Vizsla says, yeah, this was, this sword, this saber was, was crafted by my ancestors and it's, you know, I'm going to fight you for it. Right. Yeah. That's why they fought in the whole first place. Because yeah. if you remember in season one, Paz Vizsla was one of the dudes that like, first came to uh din's rescue, rescue when he was trying to escape from yeah. where he was at you know so they have like they have these ties together but then it, they also are not what the rest of mandalore believes because i mean right. if you if if you remember to the clone wars tv show right when they were on mandalore all of the mandalorians were walking around with no armor no helmets no nothing yeah you're right it wasn't until they got to the moon and the Vizsla clan was like really intense trying to fight the jedi so would you, so Django is a Mandalorian, but just not an extremist Mandalorian. So then Correct. why is that's a Django, right? So then why is Boba have the same? Just because his dad had the same armor, he's copying that, it's or his, is it because I, well, he it's considers himself? Yes, what? yes. So uh, do you want to? Well, you'll know better, better than me, but I just know he inherited his dad's armor. So no, that's but not the, the same, same genetics. I mean, is he's it? a clone. Yeah, same armor. It is. Yep. It's the, the exact same, same as exact, Django's armor? Yeah. It's the same he just exact painted Beskar it? armor. He just painted it. Yep. When was that explained? In the Clone Wars TV show when he was a kid. Dang, dude. I need to do a huge rewatch, apparently. Yeah, because after the Clone Wars movie, right, when Django died, right, you all you see is Boba Fett pick up Django's helmet mm-hmm. and be like, dang, I'm sad my dad's dead. Same. A.K.A. Josh Rush. So... <laughs> <laughs> So then the the TV show picks up immediately after that. And in the episodes, I I don't remember what season it is, but in the episodes where they start to pick up on Boba's story, where he's hanging out with like that uh, really pale lady with like the red hair and the red outfit. She's skinny and really tall. That's where he gets first introduced to Cad Bane, right? right? And the whole bounty hunter idea. Yeah. So he takes he takes his dad's armor and he dons it and he paints it and he becomes a bounty hunter and he separates himself from everybody else. Oh, wow. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. But yeah. I, it sounds really familiar. Now, I, I will say, I mean, this is more Mando than Boba, which I, I guess the point here is who can tell the difference. But uh, there have been <laughs> few greater nerd moments in entertainment than uh, Katie Sackoff showing up uh, in Mando. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That was so cool. That was so cool. Because she's the voice for it, and she was able to be the live actress, which is awesome. Right, for Bo uh, Yeah, no, yeah. I love that that's what makes it a nerd moment for you guys, but she's Starbuck in uh, Babylon 5, or not Babylon 5, but uh, Starbuck, or uh, Galactica. Come on, Kale. Oh, I've never seen it. Huh, yeah, I've never she's seen a main that. character uh-huh. in the Galactica remake. Listen, I get that this makes me Dwight, but the like the Galactica, uh, the Galactica <laughs> remake. Bears, beats. 
the Galactic remake is fantastic. What does Jim what say? He says it was like a shot for shot reboot or something. And yeah, then yeah, Dwight, yeah. Obviously, it's wrong because it's yes. making Dwight angry. So it's not a sh- the reboot or the original is not good or it is good. Uh, it just depends. Like if that was your Battlestar Galactica, then you probably think it's good. I never saw it. I only saw the remake and the remake's fantastic. And the remake oh. is nothing similar. It's like a reboot. So it's nothing like the original. I'm going to be honest. When you were saying Galactica, I was not even thinking Battlestar. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. I was thinking- I was thinking this was something totally yeah, different. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I hadn't seen any of it. Hey, welcome yeah. to the conversation, Adam. We're yeah. 10 minutes yeah, in. We're just, talking about Battlestar Galactica. No, I don't know. I, I've never it? seen the original, but I believe it's a it's a telling of the same story. So I, I think it's it's a reboot in the sense that the the Spider-Mans are a reboot. Like, it's not okay, it's you. not like yeah. some totally different thing. It's, uh, yeah. we're going to do that thing better. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Kira and I were laughing, and we talked about this right before we hit record, but the theme song to Boba Fett, like... I thought was hilarious. Like while it was playing at the end of the last episode, it took us seven episodes to realize the whole theme song. They're just yelling Boba and Fett repeatedly. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I, I didn't notice <laughs> that until the very end either. So I don't know if they didn't do it at first and then did at the end. Oh, maybe, maybe yeah. if we do a, I, apparently I need to do a re- bigger star Wars rewatch, but maybe they didn't ha- maybe, I think they always had the fat part in it though. I <laughs> think that was always there. <laughs> Because when I played at the beginning, that I played the theme, and that's just, I think it was in the theme, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like, bo, 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 or like, however they yeah. say it. Yeah. Wait, was that you on there singing it? No, that was that playing was the it? track. I mean, no, dude, that was me. Just, that was me that was singing Josh. it. It sounded just like it, didn't it? Yeah. They found him from the Solid 7 podcast. Up, like, man? hey, we want you to see. That's that also what sense. I need to tell you guys. This is my last episode. I'm now doing theme songs yeah. for Star Wars. No, Dave Filoni, he's one of our uh, Patreon supporters. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. But I think that is absolutely hilarious that they're like, we need a we need a theme for the book of Boba Fett. What do you, what? Hey, orchestra guys, opera people, <laughs> what y'all what y'all think? What if? Hear me out. I yelled Boba, and then my friend over here, hey Jeff, what do you what do you got? Yeah, I'm just gonna yell. I'm just gonna yell Fett, like in the but far away, so it has like that Fett. noise. <laughs> Have you? That's like the exact opposite. Have you seen the? Uh, you guys probably haven't, but there's like these reels on Instagram where yeah. it talks about like uh, old, like it talks about the GoldenEye theme song from N64. It mm-hmm. talks about like the Donkey Kong uh, water levels, and it like it's like the the producer, the game director, and he's he walks in and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, don't think too hard about it. We just need a, a little background theme song for this little eight bit video game. Uh, it's not going to be a big deal." And then they play the track, and it's just like this banger, and it's like <laughs> it's so iconic that it sticks in your head forever. Hold on, I need to look and this up. Please hold. You have you have to look it up. It's hilarious. Uh, they do it. Yeah, they do it for uh, GoldenEye. Okay. <laughs> But uh, this is the exact opposite of that. The producer walks in and he's like, hey, we need a theme song for Boba Fett. What should it be? Well, let's just say Boba, 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 and Fett. <laughs> Terrible. It would be, I mean, it, it, would be it awesome is if... kind of a banger theme, though, just by itself. Like, it's not bad. You know what I do think is a banger theme is the Mandalorian theme. I don't because What am I looking it... up? GoldenEye... Just I don't know GoldenEye Instagram reel. I see N sixty four theme N sixty four pause prob- menu. That's probably it. Okay, please hold. I might have an ad. Oh no, yeah. ad. thanks. No, YouTube. Adam, you're right though. The Mando theme is just straight up a Star Wars take on a Western theme. This this is just a regular theme song that's like the main menu. 
I can't hear it. Yes! Listen to that. It's like guitar riffs and like all this. And that's just you know for Goldeneye. Like it's just an N64 game, and but there's so many different layers to it. But you'd have to see the. It reminds me of nine, uh, the Spider-Man '90s cartoon theme. I, don't I actually, uh, a friend of my wife and mine, her one of her songs was the uh, the menu music for one of the Maddens. Oh really? Like not too many years ago. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean one of her songs? Like, I mean one of her her songs. Like, she's a musical artist. And one here's, of her songs. Here's the oh, like she made yeah. it. Here's Spider Man. Yes. I just I was a five year old just now. Wow, that threw me back. <laughs> Gail, did you watch uh, No Way Home? I did. Can yeah. we talk about No Way Home? How much time you guys we can? Got we we talked we talked about it some. I don't remember how long ago. I guess we talked about it some with uh, Mr. Ed when he was on. Because he's a, a big comic oh, yeah. book nerd, which is awesome. Like he could shoot you from eight hundred yards away and then go read a comic book. Dude, love um, him. I love him. But to death. Uh, yeah, so yeah, no. Let's let's talk. Are you, I mean, Squirrel has portrayed you as a No Way Home mega fan. We already know it's not a ten. Uh, Who does? But, but yeah, what it's, is it's it if it's not a ten? Yeah, you Squirrel, you. Yeah. No, I I love my pronouns now so. are now Josh. I no longer use the pronoun Squirrel. So. Well, we will we will respect that, right? And we'll just call you Josh now, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I love Spider-Man. Me. I mean, this, I've, I feel really blessed to be on this podcast today. You know, we're talking about me being a sergeant. Let's talk about Boba Fett. Let's talk about Spider-Man. This is all about me. No, <laughs> I, I love Spider-Man, and I think No Way Home was fantastic. Josh, did you ever read that uh, leaked email chain? No, because zooming in on it was the worst thing ever. Oh my gosh! Should I mean, I, I, I you gave me the summary, so I was like, "That's enough. That's all I need." Yeah, yeah. Well, so for the uninitiated, I sent Josh this text uh, picture, and it was a leaked screenshot of a conversation between Kevin Feige from uh, Marvel Studios, and then it was like the CEO of Marvel, and then somebody else from Marvel, and they were all talking right after the Amazing Spider-Man One just came out. They had read the script of Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it was really funny to just read their critiques of the the reboot right after Tobey Maguire because they were like, wait, everyone was talking about this as if it was going to be like still in the same story with the Tobey Maguire stuff, but they were going to go back to the high school in his formative years. They like they really missed the mark. What did, What is Avi Arad doing? He has no idea what's going on. No, I would net like Kevin Feige came out and he was like, it's it's such a mistake to reboot the series, and it's just it was just really funny to read all of these big you know high up people when it comes to like these entertainment mediums talking about it as if they were just like fans, right? Like as if the three of us would be talking about it. So it was, it was really cool. interesting. Maybe who can ask Kevin Feige if he's not too busy if he wants to come on the Solid Seven. Yeah, I'll hit him up. His email was right there in the picture that I sent you, so I guess oh, I should snap, with. dude. <laughs> it's easier what? to pull up on my computer, but on my phone it was like because it's like oh, a screenshot of a whole email thread. It was super wide, so I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and swipe like keep scrolling left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right to read. And I was like, I'm gonna get a migraine. But it was a Reddit post. All you had to do was slightly scroll down, and then they had the the text out there for you. you oh, they did. Yeah, you're just lazy. I didn't even. I just clicked it and I saw the screenshot. I don't. I'm scrolling down the comments. I don't see the text. It's gonna be there. You'll find it. 
So what did you guys think of No Way Home? I know you guys said you talked about it already, but it was what good. did you rate yeah. it again? A nine point six? I'd say a nine point two. Nine point two. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I liked it. I don't think I, like to me, Endgame's still the pinnacle. So I, I, I don't think it was the best of the the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I think Iron Man at one uh, probably still still outranks it for me as well. But it was, I mean, fantastic movie. Again, a great instance of tons of good fan service. Um, right. Toby Maguire's another one of those for me where I just don't think he's a great actor, but I did mm-hmm. love, I feel like they redeemed his Spider-Man. I loved uh, the hat tip to him not having web shooters. Um, yeah. You know, I loved, you know, his moment where literally, essentially he's the one uh, redeeming, uh, what's his name? Who's the current dork? Tom, uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, you know, he he kind of saves him from crossing that line, right? We can, we can leave a little mystery yep. there for that. So it kind of erased the, you know, uh, emo Toby from your head and kind of brought it back around. We're like, no, <laughs> no, I remember Spider-Man 1 and 2. Now I remember liking him. I remember that being okay. So I wish I had never seen him cry. Uh, I wish I had never <laughs> seen him kiss MJ upside down. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was a sexy but, kiss scene. But yeah. evidently there's talk of like, they want to run it back and do another one with all three of them in it now. I I I mean I don't see why not. I think I've heard I've heard rumors of them coming back in the Secret Wars stuff that they're doing. I think that's kind of like a setup for the next Infinity War stuff. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if it's going to be uh Kang that's yeah. going to be the ultimate villain like they're making it very obvious that that Kang the Conqueror is going to be the obvious villain. I don't know if that's quite the case cuz he's going to be the villain in the next Ant-Man Quantumania, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I mean, um, the reality is that they can they can do whatever they want now. There there are no, totally. there are no rules again. Nobody's dead now. No one's dead now. If no. if they haven't, if they want to try and get sued by Scarlett Johansson again, they can bring. I mean, anybody can come back now. Nobody's dead. You just pull them in from another universe. Bada bing, bada boom. Totally, and I yeah. I think you're right. Like they, this this is a very great example of when fan service is done well. Like they. You know, they, they, they obviously set it up to the point where, like, a good majority of the movie is just fan service, just strictly that. It's yeah. just like, hey, you know, we know the fans want this. We know they craved it, and we're going to give it to them. But they did it in the right way. Yeah. They didn't just shoehorn it in just because the fans wanted it. Yeah. Uh, it did solidify my personal belief. Um, I would state it did solidify the fact. Adam would call an opinion that Andrew Garfield was and remains the best of the Spider-Men. Um, I think seeing them on screen together just just made it that much more. I think he uh, just real. he. I love him as a Spider Man. Oh, I, I think, think he was better in this than he was in his own movies. I agree with that too, and I don't think his movies provided much uh, like freedom for to be him funny to have. in the way he was funny. Yeah, I, like, think I felt like he was, was way great... funnier in this and more. It felt he was more natural than he was in yeah. his movies. His own movies. So now, would yeah. I appreciate it if they had brought Emma Stone along with him? Sure would. Um, she dead though. But again, is she in which you? In, she, in which I think they leave in her dead universe? because, like, he. I'm I'm glad she didn't show up because, like, his whole thing of yeah, dude, I went through a dark time. I stopped pulling my punches. Like that's heavy because, like, I read this whole thing about how Spider-Man, he, I didn't know that was a thing until that line was said because then people explained it. Yeah, Spider-Man actually pulls all his punches because his punches are strong enough to basically kill everyone. So whenever Yeah, remember punches- I told you about the, uh, the um, was it Superior Spider-Man in the comic books where uh, Doc Ock 
Mm-hmm. It, he swaps out his body, right? Because Spider-Man, because Doc Ock is about to die, and he puts Spider-Man's like consciousness into another body and goes into a coma. And Doc Ock is in Spider-Man's body, right? And mm-hmm. one of the first things that Doc Ock realizes as quote unquote Spider-Man, uh, superior Spider-Man, that's what it is. And Doc Ock is fighting the Scorpion, and he immediately just goes for a punch and like breaks Scorpion's jaw and almost rips it off and almost kills him. And he's and he has this realization of like, holy crap, like. Spider-Man is insanely strong, and this whole time he's been fighting all of us, he's just been pulling his punches. Wow. Which, that that reminds me, I loved that part of the storyline of uh, re- the redemption of Doc Ock was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, Peter, it's so good to see you. Like, that was right. a really cool moment. It was so needed. And, like, if you know the comics, like, you know, or if you've, if you've played the video game or have any touch on the, the, the long depth of media that spider-man has had like he and dr octavius have had this very close symbiotic relationship from his early years that had a lot to do with his growth as a character yeah. well and i really love that they brought you know, that it's back. funny and it makes it makes me think of which is a little bit older movie obviously at this point but my kids like wreck it ralph is just their jam right now and so yeah, yeah. there's this scene in wreck it ralph where he's at like a, a bad guy a non-meeting and so uh, Zangief, which I can't remember what game Zangief's in. Actually, I think he's appeared in more than one. But, street Fighter, right? Yeah, he's Street Fighter. And I think he's made an appearance in something else, though. And so at one point in this, like, Bad Guys Anonymous meeting, you know, <laughs> there's just... And I, it's so funny because it just... It, me quoting it cracks my daughter up. You know, she's just laughing <laughs> her two-and-a-half-year-old butt off. Uh, but he says, just because I am bad guy doesn't mean I am bad guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> all the time. And so I'm like... But that's the thing like doc ock is this bad guy who's not a bad guy that really is his story yeah know? yeah that's that's so true just because I, I love guy. the way that they did the the green goblin too i mean oh bro he gosh. has to be top three craziest bad guys ever after that movie yeah yes yes and i love that willem dafoe said he made the stipulation of like i'll come back but only if i can do my own stuff and yeah you know scenes yeah like, yeah which i mean how how old is willem dafoe at this point right he's gotta be like in his 60s 70s oh at right? least yeah but i mean it's amazing because i mean though like he and alfred molina both are like top tier like I don't know if either of them have won Oscars, but they're that level. They are legitimate actors. Like they've got chops. And so yeah. to see them doing their thing here is cool. I didn't like which, Defoe, 66. Yeah, which 66. I didn't bring, uh, or I did bring up with Mr. Ed, but I hated, um, you know, like cool guy, electro. You hated him? Really? Yeah. I, I just oh. hate the sense that I'm like, I feel like Jamie Foxx was like, well, I'll come back again, but I'm not going to be a dork for you again. You got to make me cool. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> You know what I think that was a problem of, though? I think that was more a problem of the Amazing Spider-Man representation of Electro than it was the uh, No Way Home representation of him. Because I think the No Way Home representation of him was a bit more uh, accurate and understandable. And I think the Amazing Spider-Man 2 representation of Electro had so many flaws. Yeah, that, Outs- that Outside of just his appearance alone. Like, his his motivations as a villain, you know, like... That that's one thing that in that in that email leak that I sent you, Josh, that they talk about is mm-hmm. how like it just feels like the motivation behind a lot of, of villains doesn't need this whole buildup, right? Mm-hmm. It does. You don't need to see the villain as a good guy, and then all of a sudden they are changed, and then they see Spider Man as the bad guy, right? Sometimes yeah. it's okay to just have a villain that's just a villain, as long as you give him enough uh, story and feel and depth. 
as yeah. a villain. You don't need to see this arc that so many villains in so many superhero movies see. Yeah. Like the the Joker is a prime example of a villain that just shows up and he's just bad and that's just him. That's yeah. part of why I like the whole stick of Heath Ledger's Joker where it's like for half a second you think you're getting a Joker origin story and then he tells uh-huh. another one and then he tells another one and then he tells another one and it was just so right. genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's sad is um, neither Alfred Molina nor William Dafoe have any like actual Oscars. Uh, uh, Willem has nothing. Like he doesn't huh. like any awards you would know of. He doesn't have anything. Uh, You're kidding me. <clears throat> Alfred Molina. He's been nominated for two Emmys. He's been nominated for one Golden Globe. Nominated for a Grammy. Nominated for three Tonys, but none one of them. The things he has won. A Florida film critic circle. So I don't know what that is, <laughs> but like, not, well, hasn't won Florida, anything like know. legit, legit, which is insane. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, I, I'm honestly more surprised that Willem Dafoe has not been nominated for anything because he's been around what, since the sixties, right? I mean, he's 66. So he started his career at 79. He was 79 years old, so he's re- regressed. Benjamin Button. No, he started acting in 1979. <laughs> he's also, his citizenship is the United States and Italy. Did you know that? I did not. Well, now you know. The more you know. The more you know. He's been married no, to his wife not. since 05. <laughs> he had a partner before that from 77 <laughs> <Okay>. to 2000. <laughs> just to get you his Let's just look at all the actors. <laughs> I'm going to start reading his entire bias. Wikipedia page. But yeah, his awards... Speaking like of Willem citizens. Dafoe had like a whole, or um, Alfred Molina had like a whole like chart and like red nominated and then green one labels. Willem Dafoe just has like text and it's just like camera, <laughs> camera, camera mirage. I don't know. I, he won that. It's <laughs> <So>. nice. <laughs> He won the San Sebastian International Film Festival. No one cares, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to use uh, not. I mean, anybody that doesn't like the the nerd stuff's already gone. But I was going to use citizenship to uh, pivot off of all the nerd stuff slightly for the Olympics, which evidently no one is watching, myself included. But I've, yeah, I've is it really no one watching, or is it just oh, you not watching? Oh, no, it, assuming no one else is watching. No, their it. numbers are viewership numbers are absolutely in the tank. Like even Do down you, from Pyongyang. Well, the numbers I'm seeing from China say it's a record-breaking <gasps> numbers. What? From where? But it's so funny, like seeing all the different stories. One, evidently, Olympic Village, which is typically like a, a party, and uh, evidently, often a, a den of debauchery. But it's just like a miserable concentration camp for the uh, for the athletes, like the food they're getting and the COVID restrictions and stuff there. But there's a couple of different storylines from there where there's people who are just straight up American, but uh, also had claims to uh, Chinese citizenship that are actually competing for them. So there's chick, this chick that's a big deal snowboarder and she's a Victoria's Secret model too. Literally born and grew up in California and she's uh Escape. She's competing. She's snowboarding. She's it's not skiing. If you're on a snowboard, right for for China. And I guess she won, and, and that was kind of a bummer. But there's a another because I'm like at that point, no, I, I hope you lose. I I do. I'm sorry. I, I hope you lose. Uh, but then there was a, another girl who was uh, skating for China, 
um, who was American. From California too, right? Uh, it might have been, yeah. But it's like a, one of her parents is Chinese or both or something. I don't know. And she, so she decided she was going to skate for them and was supposed to be like hot crap. And I guess like... But she fell twice. Fell during both her programs. And so... I didn't know who she was. Yeah. I watched her do the dance. I just... I was like, oh yeah, the Olympics are happening. And then yeah. I just turned it on. Happened just to be her skating thing. And I was like, oh, she fell. Oh, she fell again. Like it yeah. wasn't... <laughs> I was freaking out because I'm like, whoa. And then later on, I saw all, all over the internet, the internet glad she failed so bad and then i saw her, all her backstory and i was like oh i actually felt bad for her at the time but yeah screw her she sucks yeah the, now the the christian <laughs> in me is like i'm not supposed to rejoice in the suffering of others however i don't want her to suffer i just didn't want her to win like at the point that you're you you could be competing for america you're like no nah, i'm gonna go compete for china instead and to be clear i would not feel the same way about other nations uh if you had uh, dual citizen citizenship or whatever there's nations i would have no problem with that with but uh we just have uh, no shared values with china whatsoever and it's a communist hellhole and that's what you get so I also <laughs> think it's funny like, when like, you're a communist. Like we know now from <laughs> things like, um, you know, the documentary Icarus, which if you haven't watched that thoroughly recommend watching that, um, that like the Olympics in Russia in Sochi, like Russia was cheating heavily, heavily, heavily. Yeah. Um, you know, I read something recently that there was, uh, there was confirmation that came out recently that showed that the <laughs> that that uh, showed that the the Russians had like oh man this is like straight out of a spy thriller they they had a person go in to where the urine testing was done for the Sochi Olympics and it was a it was a Russian spy but they were dressed as like a sewer maintenance person and somehow like the sewer line was able to like be busted right so the sewer maintenance guy goes in and he swaps out all of the russian olympians urine samples for clean ones and because they were you know they were doing the oh, well, what was it the, well they get into it in uh, icarus like even one of the testing locations there was literally like a pass through for for samples and they had figured out how to open these tamper proof lids on the samples um, like it's like it's proven like they've shown the like the metal scar like the marks that the tools they were using to open the samples like it's it's proven so i say all that to say like one of the big stories out of this olympics has been like a metal drought for the u.s like that we went four days with either no medals or no golds again i don't know i, I haven't been watching so i'm seeing this through you know like tweets and stuff like that uh, but then right. even now we're like fifth on the metal chart but i'm like interesting that we go to china and all of a sudden we suck at everything that's that's it's interesting that that would happen that way that just all of a sudden we can't win anything mm. it's it's curious to me that the, like something like the olympics is it's still in the minds of every like uh, all these major nations has such sway with the people of their their home nations that they would resort to those kind of things because like i mean ultimately what's what's the goal is it just national pride is it just nationalism yeah, it's that just, they're trying to yeah it's an easy people yeah it's an easy rah-rah propaganda-ish moment i'm like you know it's and and there but there there are these huge like not every not every medal you know changes the course of nations but there are you know these big moments you know like the miracle on ice that i mean that that was important. There, there were important optics there. Like that was a thing. 
You know, sure. uh, it did it change anything geopolitically? No, not really. But there's just, there's some symbolism there, and but that that's kind of the point point of all of sports, anyways, right? It is a substitution for the arena. It is a substitution for war. So if we're if we're if we're gonna beat Russia, I'd rather have to do it on the ice than in Ukraine, which is also arguably on the ice, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to watch curling, and I haven't done that yet because like it's. Every time I turn it on, it's been like really long commercials, and I'm like, ah, I don't care. Man, I turn it off pretty quick. But apparently, you can if you pay for Peacock, you can watch all of it and get no commercials or something like that, and you can watch whatever you want. It seems interesting, and it almost you want to pay for a subscription to Peacock. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I'm okay. But then I'm like, mm, nah. Peacock, Paramount yeah. Plus, like all these subscription services. Paramount Plus is actually slept one. on, and it's actually not bad. Yeah, at Paramount. All. Did, uh, I I never would have paid for Paramount Plus. I got it for free from T-Mobile. Thanks, Timo, the Uncarrier. Um, spot, hashtag sponsor us. But um, uh, I will say, like I, it was enough. Like the Star Trek content was enough for me. The new stuff's a little too woke, but whatever. The old stuff's there too. Uh, but man, I've been watching Next Generation on Paramount Plus. It's been awesome. I've been talking about it the last few episodes, though I referred to it uh, by the wrong name last time. I kept calling it Navy Seals, but the show Seal Team on there is fantastic, and I'm sad that I'm 100 percent caught up on it now. Hmm. Are you guys interested in the Halo TV series at all? Uh, I'll I'm watch intrigued. the first episode. Yeah, like I'm not the gamer that you guys are, but I liked playing Halo 1 and 2 both a lot, and uh, hearing the music makes me a little nostalgic. So if they don't screw it up, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys... Adam, I, have pa- I gave you my login to Paramount Plus, and you can make a profile, I said, remember? Oh, yeah. I'll have to scroll up and check it out. I don't uh, know. When does Halo come out? That's really the only thing I care I about know. on Paramount. Dude, I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, SEAL Team, it's fantastic. SEAL Team, huh? Yeah. I don't know sailors and their whole thing. Uh, comes <laughs> out. It was filmed in Ontario. Um, <laughs> that's okay. oh March twenty fourth. <laughs> did Josh? Did you ever finish your playthrough of Halo Infinite? I no, <laughs> no. Well, because I think I started playing that. I got right. I never. I don't even know if I got to the open world per se because it kept still telling me to go places. So I don't know if I ever really got to the full open world. And then I got it's a PS- obvious when you get there. Okay, then I got a PS5. Yeah. yeah. So I just beat Miles Morales what like a week or two ago. So I've been in mm-hmm. this limbo of no video games sound fun, which Play is Halo the worst Infinite. feeling. That's not the worst. There's worse feelings out there than what video it game do I want to play? Worst. <laughs> but it is. I like, don't know what to play next. I was playing Spider-Man One. Then I played all the DLC. Then I went through and did the New Game Plus, so I could get all the trophies that you judged me that I was doing. Then I got <sighs> played Miles Morales, and that was a blast. And then I got all the trophies, did the New Game Plus thing again to get all the trophies. Kale, do you do you, do you know how? Do you know the extent of Josh's obsession with getting trophies and achievements in video games? Um, I I don't. How I, I'm also not surprised by it at all i mean so it's, josh, it's pretty on josh, par with my lego list like it's it's all yes, the same spirit they they are hand in hand like i feel like uh, i know that josh loves the lego games for some reason i don't understand but josh plays so many games on xbox just for the sake of getting achievement points and 100 percenting them yeah like how many games have you 100 percented, Josh? Do you even know? It's it's it a, it's a big number. Yeah, hands. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. The like we were we were playing the Spider Man and Spider Man Miles Morales, right? We had this this thing between the two of us when we both got PS5s, right? I, I got my PS5 first, and I told Josh I was gonna wait 
to play Miles Morales until he gets his. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to replay the original Spider-Man. And so I was like, okay. Well, I mean, okay, at first, though, it was because they got they made the new face. Peter has a new face that yeah, yeah. I had on the PS4. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to hop into Miles Morales and see this new scrub on here. I need to at least condition my brain to How being used to seeing this that? scrub. You're and that was my justification. But then once I got started, I'm like, Oh, they have new trophies on the PS5. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they did that. So then, obviously, I have to sit there and recollect 100% of the trophies. So Adam's over here waiting. Like, can I, I play Miles Morales already? And I'm like, no, I'm I don't wrong. Know if, I, gotta, I, don't know if I beat the game, the and I go, hold on, I got to do New Game Plus now. Be right so, back. Okay, so, so when he first brought this up, Kale, right? When he first brought this up, I said, okay, you know, that makes sense. We haven't played the original Spider-Man on the PS4 in a while. So, yeah, I'm down to replay it also. And he's like, well, I want 100% it, right? <laughs> do, do you understand the depth of 100%ing? That means at least beating the game twice in a well, row. Well, I'm entertained because, because I'm I the beat the second. Opposite. I beat it the second time through in, like, less than a day because I just skipped all the cutscenes. I just had to beat the game. I didn't have to, like, collect anything. I just sped run it, basically. How many times have you beaten the original Spider-Man from PS4? Maybe like three from or PS4 f- three or four times, maybe five times. Th- five times, right? Maybe. I know. I know. It came out in 2018. It's been a minute, so that's not completely crazy. It was a good story, and I enjoyed it. I think the only <laughs> game I've ever beat anywhere near that many times is Super Mario Brothers 2, which I still enjoy beating. Well, it wasn't Dang, like you've, I- you've beaten Super Mario Brothers 2 like all the way. Oh yeah, Dang. dude. There's there's you know, two different oh. you're, there's two different warps where you're through that game in like no time. Dude, so you know what I just did recently? And this is going to go down a whole different rabbit hole. So I have... I like to speak up for myself for a minute. All right, go ahead, go ahead. I don't even remember what I was going to say now. I'll bookmark this. Yeah, you were talking about 100%ing every game. I'm the opposite way. Like, I want to play through the storyline and I'm done. I don't care about... Well, okay, oh, that's what I was going to say. The Spider-Man thing. The reason why I've played it so many times, it's because, like, if I was in that lull of, I don't know what to play, and I would just start it. And then I wouldn't play the whole entire campaign within a couple of weeks. It'd be like months, little spurts at a time. And I would just play a little bit. And it, I I need to look at it. I, can, I don't even know if I can pull. I can't even see how many saves I have on the PS4. Because that's how many I would have had. <laughs> so maybe I've beaten it three or four times. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finalize on three times. I, I, I six would say times. Three, I would say three times on the PS4 alone. And then you've definitely gone back and played it twice on the PS5. So that okay, makes so it then, five yes, Five. Yeah, I would, yes, yeah, five total, including PS Five. Yeah, and then and then you played Miles Morales twice, right? Because you 100%. yes, but that one of those times it was a speed run. <laughs> See, I don't know each. what's more concerning for me that Josh has done all this and it's a thing, or that you're aware of accurate counts. Whoa. This is concerning to me, Kale. <laughs> it's like Jim knowing Kurt is Dwight's middle name. It's like, why do I know that? <laughs> that's exactly how I feel right now. No, but like uh, I probably have explained this I mean, to Adam, and so that's why he knows. Is, this is yeah. dating and or marriage level of knowledge and information. It's deeply concerning. I mean, I've known okay, Adam longer than I've known Kira. So. It's, yeah, it should not be deeply concerning. Josh and I have been friends for almost 15 years now, and, and a good majority of our relationship has been based in our video game progression together. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. And especially when you're talking about Spider-Man, which is my favorite superhero and one game that the two of us have been playing together consistently forever. Yeah. And when I'm waiting to play the sequel to a game 
based on his progress in the original. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. What you seem to be forgetting is I told you, dude, you don't have, even before I got the PS5, because I'm like, dude, this thing's impossible to find. You don't have to wait on me. 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 Then I got the game, and then I realized, oh, dude, I'm actually going to, I'm going to play through the first one. Guys, and go guys, 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 guys. It's okay. We'll, many, we'll schedule some couples counseling. I don't like this friction that I'm hearing right now. I don't. How many, like. how many games have we played together? Let me just ask you that. How many games? Have no we idea. Who knows? So many, right? So why would I stop it now? <laughs> so well, to to tie the entire episode of the Solid Seven podcast together, there is uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is coming out on ooh. April fifth. So don't you, say ooh because you. Dude. I sent you the trailer when it dropped, <laughs> and then you were all like, you thumbs it down. You didn't even text me back. You just thumbs down I the don't text. Like the Lego game, and I was like, did you so watch dumb. it though? And you're like, no, nah, I didn't. And I'm like, then why are you thumbsing it down? Did you watch the trailer? I do. Dude, it looks dope. I do like the um, <laughs> like. I haven't really played the games, but you know, I see the little video shorts, and I played the game some, and see some. But I do like Lego's brand of humor, and I do yeah. like. I do when they're whether they're doing the games or they're doing the little Lego cartoon shorts. Like, I do love the irreverence that they have, regardless of what their subject matter is. Like, it's yeah. it's all like thirty percent satire. Yeah, yeah. I I I gotta admit, like I I. Do not like the Lego games. This looks completely different from how they've been. It's like a whole new formula, it looks like. That's why I eventually went back weeks later, watched the video, and I said, what did I say? I said, I actually think this looks really good, right? Because it does. It looks looks sick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. But I do want to say, because you were talking about Super Mario Brothers 2, right? Which is the one where you're hopping around the world and you pull the turnips out. Oh, yeah. It's so, like, counter to the whole rest of the series. I mean, it's... I can play that on my Nintendo Switch. It's an an acid trip of a video game. game. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's also the easiest of the Mario games to beat. I've never beaten it. Before. Really? I'm gonna beat it. Oh, tonight. dude, yeah, the, those bosses are so easy. The bur- like Birdo, you know the the uh, purple lady that jumps out and spits eggs yeah, at yeah. you. She gets progressively harder every time. Oh and my I, gosh! All I know is that when I was a kid and I played that on the Super Nintendo, I got incredibly frustrated and was just like, "Yeah, I'll go play Zelda." Oh Link's my god! Yeah, there's a couple of warps. I can remember one. It's in the Sand World, but there's a couple of warps where you can really skip several levels. You can get through that game real quick. Bro, I remember taking my Super Nintendo controller and wanting to, like, I think play Mario Kart or something. And it was, like, maybe the first video games I played it. And I could, something was weird and I couldn't beat it. And I remember wanting to take the controller and snap it in half. And I was too weak (laughs) at the time to do it because I had, like, that gamer rage. (laughs) I wasn't weak strong enough. So I was, I don't have many gamer stories to share with you guys because I've always been a casual player. I haven't been as into it. But one time I had, I can't remember what game it was. It was probably, it was one of the first person shooter games. uh, One of the bigger ones. Uh, Who knows which one? Take your pick. It's all the same. So a buddy of mine brought, it was, but it was new. Like it was fresh out. Buddy of mine brought his Xbox over to my place, brought the game, brought his controllers. We were all playing at my place. Uh, I got Halo. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Halo. <laughs> it was one of the more realistic ones. But um, but I just got super ticked off, and so I chucked the controller like someplace thoroughly safe. Like it wasn't going to break the controller or anything else, which was fine. But it freaked my cat out, who was standing by his Xbox. She jumps, hits the Xbox as the disc is spinning, scratches it. Game's dead. Oh. <laughs> 
So I had to spend, and it was just out. There were no cheap options. So I spent, you know, whatever, $60, $65 replacing that disc for him. All because the point here is don't throw or break your controllers, folks. It doesn't help. Man, that reminds me of a story. Like, so when I was, when I was a little bit younger, probably like 12 or 13, whenever the GameCube was a thing, I would always take the GameCube when I would go stay the night at my grandma's house because I would go and stay over her house occasionally and spend the night with my cousins and whatever. So I would always take my GameCube with me because I've always been a big gamer. And I had like all of my discs and everything. And one time I got home and I put my backpack at the top of the stairs and I went downstairs, started, you know, doing whatever in my room. And my mom's like, hey, your bag's up here. And she tosses my backpack down the stairs with my GameCube in it and my Super Smash Brothers disc inside. And all I remember is being like, wait! And it like being slow motion in my mind of me going, wait! And then her, I just see the backpack falling down the stairs, colliding onto the ground, the GameCube falling out, the disc falling out, snapping in half, and I'm just heartbroken. Because I'm like 14, <laughs> 12, 13 years old, and... You know, that was the end of it. I have a disc-breaking story. I got a disc, and I had it my 360, and I didn't know you couldn't. It was laying horizontal, and I didn't know you weren't supposed to move the console while the disc was currently playing. And I went to move my 360 from horizontal position to vertical position. Oh, and no. that's a no-no because when you're moving that, the disc starts scratching at something, put a big red, or not red, but just a big circle around the disc, and Ooh. it was dead. Oh no! uh, Now we all have a disc story. Yay! uh, The only time I have ever owned all the current consoles was the the window where PS2, GameCube, and original Xbox Xbox. were current. I had I had all three. That's the only time I've had all the current consoles at the same time. Nice. I think I don't I don't have all the current consoles. I've got PC, Switch, PS5, but I've got the old Xbox because why would I need to upgrade? Yeah, because if you're on PC at this point, you don't really need to go Xbox because everything yeah. going on Xbox is basically going to be on P- PC. But then if it's not going to be on PC, you can just get on your PS5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh, no, the thing that I was going to say. So have you guys heard of the, the SNES Classic, like the tiny little the SNES yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. and it's got like you know all those preloaded games onto it. Yeah. Well, so those are easily hackable. Like there's there's people online that have these programs that you can hack into and put your ROMs on and stuff. Are you guys aware of ROM hacks? Yeah. Mm, yeah, kind of. So I figured out a way recently on my little SNES classic to get all of the, um, uh, uh SNES games that I wanted. Cause it's when you, when you first buy it, right. It's like, I don't know, 80 bucks for this little, little box. And it's got, you know, 10 or 20 games on it. But, you can download more games onto it with this tool. And you can also download this, like, uh, I don't know, uh, like a kind of like an emulator, right? And you can play Game Boy Color games and Game Boy Advance games. So now I, the, my project this past week was to download all of these games on it. So I have like all these old Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, NES, uh, SNES, all these games on this mm-hmm. little tiny box. Because they give you like 300 megabytes of storage, but they only fill it out like to 10 megabytes. So I'm I'm on my TV the past week playing all these Pokemon ROM hacks that are made by fans. That's cool. So That's much cool. fun. So do you have Super Mario Brothers two on there? I do have. Dude, Super Mario give it, Brothers give it, on give there. it another, another run. Give it another. I'm gonna give it. A go. I kind of want to play that now that you're saying that because we have on our Switch. What is that, Adam? Like we have the um, Nintendo Switch Online, the expansion thing. 
Yeah, you have the Nintendo Switch Online plus the expansion. So the expansion, like, you have Nintendo Switch Online, which gives you, like, the... It's like PS Now, yeah. you know, what you and I were talking about, where it lets you stream the games. Yeah. So it gives you all those old games that you could have backwards compatibility-wise. And then the the subscription that you guys have uh, gives you N64 games as well. Yeah, yeah I never played it on my Switch when I had it, but I had uh, uh, just purchased it for a few bucks to play on the OG Wii when I had that. So nice. it's, a, it's, yep. it's like Spider-Man for Josh. It's a comfort game. Like, I, you can play it without thinking. Yeah. What's What's your comfort game? Uh, it's if anything, it's probably that I don't have like a a go to. Like, you still have your Wii? Uh, I do. I still have my Wii, and I still have my Xbox, like original Xbox, like nice. Xbox, like original Xbox, original one. Xbox, like yeah, with a okay. big fat controller. Like the like I said, I said Xbox One. That's more confusing. Yeah, but like <laughs> yes. the first Xbox. Yeah, the OG Xbox. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, and I've, I think I've got, I, well, I know I've got Halo for it. I know I've got uh, Marvel versus Capcom, which once upon a time you could get some serious money for that game. I don't know if that's still the case. Like, if there's any old dudes out there playing their original Xboxes at this point, they probably just have it on an emulator or something. But that game was hard to get an in demand there for a while. So, yeah, it's, it's isn't it so weird that like a lot of those old video games get so insanely valuable. I was. Uh, have you guys ever played? Uh, have you guys ever played Pokemon? Uh-uh. Were you ever into Pokemon? Were you I had a Game Boy at one point. I might have had one. I think. No. I think I might so have had yellow. So when I was when I was younger, when I was really really little, uh, my grandma had a, a a Game Boy that she bought for me and my cousin. She bought us each one. She got my cousin Pokemon Blue and me Pokemon Red. She got herself a Game Boy at her house with Pokemon Yellow. So that way, anytime any of the grandkids go over, we can just you know play video games with her little Game Boy. And I just being predispositioned to love video games, fell in love with it. And uh, then later. Pokemon Silver came out, which like you know did a whole lot of stuff, and I can go on this crazy tangent about how revolutionary Pokemon Silver was at the time. But uh, I, I fell in love with Pokemon Silver, and anyway, fast forward to the future when the when the DS came out, I went and I got uh, the reboots of Pokemon Silver and Pokemon Gold, which were called Pokemon um, Soul Silver and Pokemon Heart Gold, right? And at the time when they released, they were like 40, 50 bucks each. Now you can't find those for less than one hundred and twenty dollars. Wow, it's insane! And I know you can't find Lego uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean either. Like you can't really find that anywhere. That's so crazy, dude! I, a while back <laughs> so ago, crazy. like seriously, not that long ago, like within within the last two years. I still had a PS Vita and I sold it and I actually got decent money for it. And I'd had just the right buyer who there was this one game that she loved to play. That was a Vita only PS Vita only game and her PS Vita had just crapped the bed. Yeah. And so I got probably 50 bucks more out of her for that thing than anybody else would have paid me for it. But it was just right time, right place, right buyer. Wow. So what was cool with the the PS five, it came with this uh, Astros playroom game and like you can collect all the different PlayStation, everything, every equipment, console, handheld that they created. You can like find them in the level and then collect it. Of course, I hundred percented Astro's Playroom. If you were wondering yeah. at home, yeah, no, of um, course. And one of the things we picked up was the PS Vita, and it's kind of cool how like when you pick up the the toy or the equipment, you can like zoom in and the amount of detail these people put in like each thing collectible. I'm like, wow, like how do they do that? Do they like scan it and then they? Yeah like 
recreated. Now, I loved and one of the. I mean, this is going to make you guys roll your eyes. Uh, what's the the one PlayStation game they're making into a movie now? The character looks like Nathan Fillion. Uncharted. Yes. So oh, Uncharted. Yeah. One of the Uncharted's. I can't remember which. Maybe three or four. Um, there was like a playable level of Crash Bandicoot in it. Like you were playing. Yeah, that was Uncharted Four. Yeah, you were playing on a console in the game. It was freaking yeah. awesome. <laughs> I want to play through the fourth one again because I think they have upped it for the PS5, and I, I kind of want to try it out. Those games are so I've, good. They're so much fun. Dude, I, I uh, so I have the Uncharted Collection, which is, I think, 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. And I, I, I was recently playing through them on the PS5, and I played I played the first one. The first one did not age well. Dude, I, I disagree. I think it like surprisingly aged well because I really? didn't have... I was getting mad the whole time I was playing it. I had I had never had any experience with the Uncharted games before, and I was getting frustrated because there are some. Because there's, there's like, like invisible little... walls to where like it was one of those like if I enter a level and a bunch of bad guys are coming at me and I'm shooting them, I keep shooting them. If I don't advance forward in the level, they'll keep coming. So like uh. once I figured, oh, that's what's happening, because it was like okay, it's been 20 minutes, I've been in the same spot, <laughs> I'm getting angry. It's because I didn't move from my location. So See? what I would start doing is as soon as I entered a level and a couple guys, bad guys would come out, I would run, sprint, like maybe halfway through the map and then come right back to where I was to trigger like, okay, stop sending the bad guys. And then it was much easier. See, that's that's a total difference of play style there because me, I just rush through with like a shotgun and a pistol and I'm just gunning down everybody as I'm running through the level. I like to be behind cover and uh, be wise with my decisions because I don't want to <laughs> die. <laughs> that's what Jocko but, would have a tactical no, plan, strategic yeah. plan. Yeah, no, <laughs> but no, the Uncharted series, I was really surprised and I want to keep playing it. I, I'm about halfway through the second game. The second game is pretty uh, good. Third game is dope. Fourth game, I think, I don't know if three or four is better. Kale, do you, did you play, you played those, right? I, you know, I didn't play all of them. I think I played two, three and four. You're fine without playing the first one. I yeah, think. yeah. So I'm intrigued by, I'm intrigued by the better. movie. I like three was better than four, but I don't remember. Four just looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah, I remember seeing trailers of number four and just being like, whoa, man, like these, the, what is it called? The, the draw distance where you can see way off. And, yeah, yeah. Know. Which one was the burning yeah. house? It's like falling apart. That's three, right? That's three. Anyways. That's James Bond, uh, 007 Spectre. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm okay with Tom Holland in the movie. I don't know about Mark Wahlberg. I guess we'll see. Apparently, so I weird. think Mark Wahlberg wanted to be. Nathan Drake, but I, I thought I read that at one point. Well, somewhere. what I feel like I, feel I heard like was that the movie fit. had been in development so long that initially he was supposed to be, and he's just aged out. Yeah, right. That's I think that's oh. what I read. So. But how though? Because like if you look at the Uncharted games, like Nathan Drake is like in Mark his Wahlberg's maybe like five years older than the video game guy. No, Mark Wahlberg is older than you boys think. No, I know. I'm saying by looks wise, he looks oh, yeah, like yeah. right now he looks five years older than what yeah. Nathan Drake looks in the game. I think I think Mark Wahlberg could pull off a better Nathan Drake than he could a Sully. Yes, I agree, I agree with, with that. that. I agree with that. But I also think if it can't be Nathan Fillion, who definitely has aged out and has a dad bod now, I would rather have seen Chris Pratt as Nathan Drake. Yeah. I would appreciate that. But <laughs> I freaking love Chris Pratt. I'm super excited for a project he's doing with, I think, Amazon, which is an adaptation of a Jack Carr book. Um, that's, uh, I think they actually finally released a, a date for it. Did you guys see the trailer for the new Speed of Chris Pratt, Jurassic Park? No. Uh, I, I just I saw him post something about, about it. it today. Yeah, it dropped, it dropped today. It, 
I, I, I don't watch it yet, but I sent Kira the trailer because you sent it to me and then I just forwarded it to her, but I didn't actually watch it. She said we have to pay it to see it in theaters. Yeah, I, I don't care about the last two. I think the last two were just okay. World, Kingdom, one, Kingdom World, what was it called? I don't know, World of Fallen whatever. Kingdom? No, that was the last one. No, that's the new one, Dominion. Dominion. That's the old one. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Isn't this yeah. exactly the point? <laughs> isn't this isn't this the issue but but i think i think that hollywood is just really banking on the nostalgia factor because if you watch the trailer for the new one dominion it it brings everybody she said the original dudes in it curious yeah all of them all of them are like yeah yeah uh what's his name jeff golden comes back i'll tell you right he was in the last one wasn't he it's probably come up on here before like the original jurassic park is the first movie, it might not have been the first movie I saw in a theater, but it's the first movie I remember seeing in a theater. And still yeah. to this day, you know, like living in Central Florida, you know, like once I cross into that island of Islands of Adventure and I start to hear that Jurassic Park music, like it's pure nostalgia. I'm like, I'm in the second I hear it. Even the fact that I've mentioned it right now, I'm going to hum it all day tomorrow. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, wait, no, that's Indiana Jones. Dang. Wow. <laughs> How's it? I'm closer than you were. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There we yes. go. Between the two yeah. of us, we found out them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, that music still puts me just just right there. Like I, even even the effects, even the visuals from that movie still hold up. Yeah. Like you see the uh, the modified explorers; those don't hold up. I remember thinking those looked awesome, and now you see them, and they do not look awesome. But <laughs> the dinosaurs still look real. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this new movie, and I, I really think that it's just because of the nostalgia factor. Like they, they're bringing all the original actors from the first movie, they're bringing them all back. So, uh, it, it seems cool, and, and I think that's really the only reason why. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm down just because. I mean, I'm a Chris Pratt fanboy. He can, he can do no wrong. So I'm in I no agree. matter what. Yeah. Um, so he won I me over a- as Andy, and he hasn't let me down yet. I've been pretty good in my own personal opinion of when I see a trailer for a movie, I can tell pretty quick if I will enjoy the movie. And so far, in my own opinion, let me emphasize that, I have not been wrong. So once I watch the trailer, I will tell you if I think it'll be a good movie or not. Because like when I saw, the, for instance, I saw the first trailer for Interstellar, and I'm like, this is going to be my favorite movie. I can feel it. It's one of my favorite top five favorite movies. And then whenever I see a trailer for a movie, I'm like when I saw the first Suicide Squad trailer, was it Suicide Squad? I don't remember what movie. It was one of those DC movies <laughs> that just okay. flopped. And I was yes. like, and I saw the trailer, I was like, the movie's going to suck. Uh, it probably was the first Suicide Squad movie. Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the one with Will Smith. Yeah, I think it was that one. Yeah, seeing whatever character he was alone told me I didn't even, ever need to watch it. Was it Dead Eye? Dead Yeah, Dead was, yeah something like that. Yeah. One, one of the many, many Marksman uh, comic book characters. <laughs> one of those. So with, with, yeah, there no superpowers. All they have is like you know really good yeah. eye gear and a good sniper yeah. rifle. Which, speaking of which, uh, finally finished off the uh, Hawkeye series and thoroughly enjoyed it. Ooh, so, is it I like good? It. I, I still yeah. haven't seen it yet. It's you haven't watched win, it yet. No. I can't imagine oh, it's going to win any awards. It's not. It's not going to be the best thing you've ever watched. It's great for what it is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was a blast. It you know it was a little bit. Um, you know, diehardish feeling because it was that Christmas setting, um, and uh, it was just good. And again, it, it's another one where Renner is enough for me to watch it. Like I'm, I'm just a fan of yeah. whatever he does. So, 
Yeah, I like Jeremy Renner a lot. Does uh, does Spider Man make an appearance? Uh, I won't tell you. I'm not gonna you can tell spoil you. it for me. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, someone someone else makes an appearance. That's uh, that we didn't know was going to continue being a part of the Marvel universe. And I think I'm, I think I already s- know. Is it and I'm s- Kingpin? And, yeah, he's in the yeah, whole already, episode. Yeah. Oh, see, that wasn't even the one I was thinking of. Who were you thinking? Um, of? Which that was like Vincent D'Onofrio. I never would have pegged him as playing Kingpin, and he's fantastic. Oh, well, he uh, he's as Kingpin, yeah. and that's something uh, we didn't bring up, but uh, it was nice seeing what's his name as Daredevil in No Way Home. Yeah. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, Charlie, he's, Charlie Cox. Yeah, he earned it, and I'm excited to see more. But no, Yelena shows up in uh, Hawkeye. Mm. Yeah, I knew oh, that, yeah, that was there. cool. She's and, in a couple uh, of the trailers, up dude. There. She's such a lovable character. I cannot wait to see more of her in the in the MCU proper. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Do they talk about? Um, oh man, what's her name uh, from Seinfeld? Dang, I'm totally blanking. Julia Louis Driver. She does not show up. No, no appearance from her. No. Really? Which I th- was exp- I think I was expecting her at the end to recruit. I think the chick maybe. Yeah, I mean, because she's had a lot of insight or like uh, not insight input into bringing all these. Yeah. You know, I really liked the whole Christmas vibe of this movie. It felt it yeah. felt nice and holiday y. Yeah. <laughs> I liked but sadly, it. I finished it well after Christmas, but I still appreciated the vibe. Basically. I watched it. They, I think they I watched it, it week like to week at Thanksgiving. It, it yeah, felt good in, with the Christmas and adjacent with it. So are you saying that I should wait until December to yeah. watch it? No, probably not, because there's going to be other <laughs> Marvel things coming out, and you'll probably need to know the things that happened in it. Yeah, Moon Knight's right. coming and uh, all kinds of stuff. So, Yeah, Moon Knight <laughs> looks dope. I hope Moon Knight's good. Oh, man. He's such a crazy character, dude. Oh, man. There's so many things that we can talk about, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, hey, it's a good time to be a nerd. It's a great time to be a nerd. What a time Elon, to be Elon's taking us to Mars. Marvel's making TV shows. We've got CGI Luke Skywalker. I mean, what more do you people want, really? Oh, here we can end on this since we talked about Obi-Wan Kenobi getting a release date of March 25th. Now that I thought it was May. May, What did I say? March. I'm pretty sure it's March. It is March, though. No, it's May. Is it? I have it in my calendar. Please hold. I thought I saw May, too. Well, that's Halo. I was getting confused. Halo comes out in March. You're right. Uh... May 25th. I was wrong. Yeah. I'm yeah. so freaking excited. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got Ewan McGregor coming back. Holy cow. Yes. And Hayden Christensen. And Hayden Christensen. I Which, just, here's, here's what I want. I want, I want Dave Filoni and John Favreau writing and directing, and I don't want anyone else to freaking touch it. That's who else? Is, who else do you think would? I think it is. Would it not be? A Kathleen Kennedy, Robert Rodriguez. I don't know. Anybody who's already. Spike kids. Lit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you want to give, uh, if you want to give Taika Waititi one episode, okay, we okay. could give what's her yeah. face one, Bryce Dallas, Bryce Howard. Dallas Howard. Yeah, she, she killed di- it in one of the Boba episodes, one of the better Boba episodes. She was the director of that one. Yeah, yeah. and she directed some of the Mando episodes too, yeah. and they were pretty good. So yeah. I, I would agree. As I guess, you know, my my cutoff is gonna say is gonna they- be. If Robert Rodriguez directs, he needs some restraint. And uh, if Kathleen Kennedy has input, yeah. she needs to be restrained by. She's I mean, I, even general. I but. think it's probably all uh, in the can, so to speak, already. And I doubt they're they're interested <laughs> in our opinions. But uh, let's, let's end on let's yeah. end on this uh, guess. What? How do you think Hayden Christensen will appear? Do you think he will be there as Darth Vader in a form of flashbacks? Do you think he'll be there as a form of Anakin in flashbacks, or? current at that present moment darth vader and they meet 
I think we're going to get, I think all of the above. I think we're going to see all of it. And I think, now okay. I'm not this big a Star Wars nerd. That's not Mike fun redacted, betting, but sure. Mike okay. Redacted <laughs> might know. Um, and uh, I, no, I think they're going to, I think they're going to fight in current time because, and Adam might be a big enough Star Wars in order to know. I'm not. Mike Redacted would know. But there's allusions in all the other properties to the fact that there's been another big fight between the two of them, between yeah. Mustafar and between when he takes out Obi-Wan when he really doesn't. But yeah. I'm just yeah, sitting on the. talk about it in A New Hope. Yeah. 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 I'm just sitting on In A New Hope when Vader's like, I feel a presence I've felt in a long time. So if they do fight, that still kind of tracks because in that poster they released today, he looks like it's what five years after episode three no idea i thought that was what they were saying when they dropped the 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 poster for it today they said it's five years after it could be but i also don't know the timeline of uh like rebels right and uh darth maul and rebels is like way after um episode six it's before seven no rebels is before new hope dude no it's after six yes nope rebels come look Double check your sources. Rebels comes right <laughs> after the Clone Wars TV show, and it comes right before A New Hope, the movie, because they set up the rebellion, which is what is sparked by A New Hope. The fact that they keep putting, like, in these nerd articles, it's like, it takes place in 5 BBY. Like, okay. I hate that. <laughs> normal people don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, so I that, hate that so much. Like, you might okay, as well tell that. me, well, the comics is actually what it took place. Like, shut up. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but think, right? Like, Darth Maul is killed in Rebels by Obi-Wan in the desert of Tatooine. And Obi-Wan is young in Rebels. No, he was old in Rebels. <laughs> Even if he's old in Rebels, it still takes place before A New Hope. Okay, episode, uh, it's like a whole scrolling timeline. Clone Wars <laughs> movie, if you were wondering, is 22 BBY. Clone Wars TV show, okay. Episode 3, Bad Batch, approximately. Solo, Star Wars Rebels. I was wrong. Yeah. Rogue One after that, <laughs> and then episode four. Well, I would have put we... money down. Oh, it, I'm getting confused with the other. What's the other cartoon? That's not as good. Re- okay. Resistance. That, that's the anime looking one. That Yeah, that one's after six. Yeah, that's that's after, yeah, that's after yeah. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Okay, I'm wrong. We get it. All right. It's in the, well, it's, it's in the name. Well, before we have our own Battle of Yavin here. <laughs> Come on, good one, dude. Let's uh, bring this bad boy Ba-dum-tsh. in. Bring this bad boy in for a landing. Adam, thanks for coming back on, dude. Of course, Man, this is a blast. Always, uh, always fun to take a little little break and nerd out here on the uh, the Solid Seven podcast. And uh, sorry, ten years after episode three is uh, <laughs> he's still going. Is Obi Wan Kenobi? Still. That's what the he's ar- got. Article. He's got a hundred. He's got hundred percent this conversation. <laughs> Episode three. It takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Lucasfilm yeah, yeah. has been very clear when Obi Wan takes place. The series will be between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. More specifically, the series takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Do your sign off, kill. Are we good? Are we <laughs> now I'm good. Everything? Now I'm done. Have you, have I'm you closing my internet ex, uh, explore. Have you 100%ed this conversation? Are you uh, there's a couple <laughs> achievements I need to get. One is dignity, and the second one is care. Uh, but then we, he'll address those on the new game plus, so it's fine. Yeah, I'll just collect them then. <laughs> well, <laughs> listeners, if any of you are still here with us, <laughs> text us the word uh, alphabet. <laughs> no, just text us, uh, just uh, message us BBY. <laughs> 
Yeah, text us BBY <laughs> so, if you've made it this far. Yeah, so, uh, but no, we, we sure do love you. And uh, hey, if, you, if you've got the time, if you wouldn't mind, hit up the old website, solid7podcast.com, solid7podcast.com. There are always links to the most recent episode on there, and uh, all of our affiliate and ambassador links are on there, so you can uh, sign yourself up for one of those uh, awesome Go Rock events that we were talking about, or, or sit and get some, uh, some of the world's toughest gear from them. Hit up Jocko Fuel and uh, grab yourself a, a Jocko Go. Or man, I've been uh, I've talked about it on here some. I've really been liking their their pre workout and uh, their mulks. Awesome, just tons of tons of good stuff there on Jocko Fuel. So check those out. There's links to all our social media on there. I say all of it. It's pretty much Instagram, uh, not really Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But also, if you want to take your support of the Southern Podcast to that next level, then the link to Patreon is right there, and you can become a supporter for the low, low price of 5 or $10 a month. We'll get you some bonus content and uh, possibly a solid seven mug, which is a better-than-average coffee mug, but from which you may drink any beverage of your choosing. You can pour your Jocko Go into your solid seven coffee mug. Nobody will know it's not coffee. It'll be fine. So, uh, but even if you don't want to do that, uh, you know, hit subscribe. If you haven't already, uh, you know, like us, follow us, rate us, tell your friends, tell your mom, all those good things all helps us do a little bit more of what we're doing. Maybe do it a little bit better. Probably not. Probably not. I but more know. of this, more, but more Most of the same, no. more of the same. <laughs> so, uh, and with that thought, uh, we're out. All right. It's been good knowing all of you. This could be the last play, time. Memento moment. Play, play the track. It's in post. <laughs> It'll happen right now. <laughs>